Welcome to Free Fall RC Podcast. Welcome to another episode of Free Fall RC Podcast. I'm Kevin and I'm not here with Steve because uh, we had a little falling out, Steve and I and the whole RC community. Um, and I guess we'll get into that later. Kind of a little lost. So um, we have a, a, a our president from the club on, uh, which we had scheduled, and his name is Mike. Uh, say hi, Mike. Hey, hi, Mike. So what? Okay. I gotta fill. I gotta fill Steve's shoes. You're telling me? Well. I don't know. We're we're kind of just um, we're still talking a little bit, but um, he had a little problem down at the club. It kind of blew up. He's basically telling me he's he's done with everything, and so I'm not sure what's going on actually. So, you know, uh, that might explain the email I got. I didn't open from him, and it looked like there was a bunch of stuff for sale. Is that for real? I guess I we were all joking around about it um, for the longest time, and. So I, I don't know if he's truly selling stuff or not, but uh, I think he was really uh, bummed about the V control thing that he had bought, and I don't know. I, he's been. I think I don't know if it's his if if it's his fiance giving him a lot of pressure about the money he's spending or not. But uh, sayonara, Steve. Is that what you're saying, dude? I I don't know. Wow. I, it it wow. seems like right now he's just really. Uh, I, I can't believe he lost interest that fast because. Maybe he's been super into it, and you know we we've done a lot of stuff. I don't know. A lot of this stuff, you know, builds up during you know works on you during the week. You know, we're doing a podcast in a couple nights. It takes a couple nights out of the, out of the week, and so I don't know if he's just got stressed. And you know, the guy he lives in in Hoboken, and he no uh, Hackensack, and he and he takes the train to Queens every day. I mean, he's got long days and stuff. So, oh boy. I don't know. Another one bites the dust. That's terrible. I, I have no idea what Steve's job is, so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna be your um, your uh, your beard. I don't know. I'll just I'm here for you, but I have no idea what to do. Okay. Well, hopefully it doesn't sound too bad to to the listeners, and I, you know I can edit some stuff out if we get. Hey to- hey hey! What is this? You guys started without me. What, what's going on? Oh man, I'm the worst actor. I couldn't act that man. <laughs> what the hell? I would I wasn't gonna say that uh <laughs> you sold all your stuff to Fred because everybody know that that was BS. But you could have said this one though, Fred's picking on me too much. <laughs> Fred's been picking on you too much? Yeah, you know uh, you see the post, he's always like, Oh yeah, yeah, just wait, you're gonna sell your helis. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So Steve was I was only kidding, April Fools. Steve is uh not leaving the show. He's here, and so is our uh, president from the club, Mike, who you guys heard. I thought that I thought that was going to be my big shot to get in there, man. <laughs> yeah, Sorry, Mike. Damn, I'm, I'm. You can't replace me. No one can. Replace oh me. man, no one can replace him, especially when he's still on the show. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Hey guys, how's everyone doing? <laughs> so oh. since I'm kind of MC in this whole thing this time around, how has yeah. everybody's week been? Great. Now I know what it feels like, Steve, when nobody answers. 
<laughs> yes. <laughs> cricket, cricket, cricket. <laughs> well, why don't you start, Steve? What What have you been up to this week? Uh, so this week, basically, uh, went flying on Saturday. I brought Chloe to the field. Uh, we had a great time. Uh, I was getting real comfortable with the 700 goblet now. Uh, working on half pure flips, and actually working on them to the point where like I'll just do a half pure and land inverted, and then kind of turn the tail and flip it over. Um, instead of just stirring the sticks like a crazy guy, just you know, you know, hoping hoping that I won't crash the heli. I hope you mean hover inverted, not landing inverted. Yeah, hovering inverted. Oh, I've tried landing inverted. It doesn't work too well. <laughs> <laughs> I saw Anthony try that once. Yeah, Anthony and I did at at the field too. You know, eh, gotta push it some days. But um, yeah, and and when I do the half pirouettes, they're starting to stay in place, which is I think you know key. You know, because that means you're you're getting the timing correct. So yeah, that, that looked really cool. I, sh- I should have recorded the video, but um, yeah, thanks. So uh, I also flew to five seventy. That thing needs work. I need to tune it. Um, I'm getting some weird cyclic bobbles. Not as bad as I had on the 700 before I tuned it, but um, it's just kind of weird. So I'm going to work on that probably next couple of times I fly it. Um, I got to Buddy Box with Chloe uh, with the FT trainer that she built. And twice that plane, I took control. She, you know, she's she's learning, so she'll kind of put in a steep dive and kind of freak out. And I'll take control. And, you know, one of the things is you have to move the sticks, you know, a little bit for it to um, recognize that the teacher is taking control of the the wireless body boxing. Right. And, you know, I would just kind of like hit the stick all the way down <laughs> and it would just kind of like pitch the hell out of the plane, you know, from a steep decline, pitch it straight up. Um, so I, I folded the wings in on it. <laughs> I repaired it, put some popsicle sticks in the middle to kind of reinforce it on the top and bottom. And then we went for another flight. And, um, yeah, she was doing a little bit better, but it was still, like, there were times where she would, um, you know, because on a plane that has just rudder and elevator, you know, if you give too much rudder, basically, for the most part, the plane will just kind of tip stall or just kind of start diving in that direction you turn the rudder to. So I would, you know, take control and I would just slap the stick down and I just, you know, one of the times just folded the wing, cracked it right on the edge of the popsicle stick and it just long darted straight into the ground, probably about, I don't know, like 30, 40 feet. So, um, oh, yeah, there's a, there's a little repair that needs to be get be done with that, but it should be fine. Um, besides that, I got to fly my 210 Hive Quad. Just line of sight. I, I still didn't put a video transmitter on it. Um, <laughs> it's it's funny because the the guys. I think it was like John. Oh no, no, it wasn't John. It was uh, Anthony and and uh, Rich. And they're like, you know, do a full throttle punch out. And I do it. It's just like <laughs> it was so slow. <laughs> Everyone was laughing at me. I was like, hey, you know, I got 12 amp ESCs on here on a 3S setup. I'm I'm not gonna have the unlimited power that you guys have with yours. But um, <laughs> it was pretty funny. I flew that line of sight. Um, definitely need to tune it. It's way too slow. Yeah, I, I mean, I flip it and it flips like you know. I'm basically ordering pizza by the time it finished flipping. Really? <laughs> yeah, it's really slow. But uh, yeah, I'll get I'll get some help from Rich and uh, Tim from the club and and see what we could get going on that. Nice, dude. Yeah, that's about it. Uh, what about you, Kevin? Oh. Uh- I've been uh, the start of last week. I worked on 
my charging case a little bit more. I ripped some more. I ripped two more power supplies from the clutches of the evil ancient server under my stairs. <laughs> nice. It was uh, the one that my brother-in-law had given me, and and I didn't know know what it was. I knew it was, I think, a Dell or an HP. And you know how I said that it was old and it had three hundred gigabyte drives. It wasn't. It had thirty-two gigabyte drives on it. Oh, so I'm like, man. this thing is yeah. Rip the <laughs> rip the the power supplies out and throw out the server. But it had these modular little fans that I, I have seven of them, and I pulled those all out. Uh, I might take nice. the sockets out with those. I don't know what I'm going to do with them. Yeah, no, take them and um, drill some holes and put them as uh, air vents yeah. for your, your case. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of working on that. Like, I kind of mocked that up. I, I sent you guys a couple of pictures. Mm-hmm. I took some uh, Dollar Tree foam and kind of, like, mocked up how I want the... With the power supplies in the case, like how I want the charger to, you know, sit and everything. Mm-hmm. So that I was I was messing around with that, and um, that one I finally got the correct pin out um, online of those HP their HP power supplies. I know that when I I put them together and I mocked it all up and and had it sitting on the bench, I said, you know, what, I'm going to do a full blown test and and run it at 20 amps, and it those little things fired up, and it was great. So I was like, okay. We're in business here for like a field charger. Nice. And then I flew on Saturday, man. Would would you guys flew the racer? And uh, that was that was quite a challenge. It reminded me so much of the the Hobby King P40 with the way it flew. I think I I definitely need to prop down the P40 if I go back to that. I'm going to do another experiment if I have it ready for this weekend coming up because I had a nine six prop and. I only had a 1200 kV motor, but it was a, it was a heavy duty motor. It's like a 425, and that okay. sucker that was torquing like crazy. Like it needed to get up to speed. Uh, taking off wasn't wasn't easy. And I, I you got some video of me cartwheeling trying to take off, but I, I did have a successful takeoff uh, with it and and a, and a nice flight. The landing was a little rough, but that was the one I put the retracts in, and they're real close to the CG, so it was kind of like tipping. You know, and was trying to get up to speed and all that. Right. Uh, it looked you awesome in the air, you though. Didn't, you didn't. You didn't mention your uh, a runway uh, uh, YouTube moment with the retracts. Oh did, no, did, I don't. I don't did, know if <laughs> he was recording that. Yeah. Oh no. Right. Yeah. I was. I was tooling out because I was. I was taxiing around because I have the. I have the linkage on one servo for the rudder. I have the rudder and the rudder wheel, like the steerable tail wheel on the same linkage and one's a little, the the rudder's a little higher on the horn than the wheel, you know, to give it, you know, a little less of a throw for the wheel. So I'm taxiing around and I forget what I, I hit I definitely hit the retracts, but I thought I was hitting uh something else. Maybe the, the I thought I, Yeah, I went to hit the rates and I hit the retracts and it was just like on <laughs> just like when you do it on, on the simulator. It goes and it just folded in and just sat right down. Yeah, <laughs> and at first I think everybody was like, "Hey, those are nice retracks," and then they were like, "Wait a minute, you got retracks in that?" Because they thought just the the wire landing gear folded up. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, that was that was pretty funny. Yeah, I don't think anybody watching expected that that plane had retracks, and when it when it went laid down, everybody thought it broke. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm gonna try like an eight six proper eight four or something. Um, I got to fix it a little bit, cartwheeling it kind of, you know, it tears the little bamboo skewers out of the front where the power pod matches up. Yep. So I got to fix that and and try it again. We'll see what happens. Because if that works, 
maybe I will fix the the P40 and and just go with a smaller prop on that thing. Would it have a three blade? Yeah, three bladed, and I was running four S. Maybe I'll try it on three S or something. I would try a two blade on four S. Yeah, leave the, leave the power plant four S, but try a, a two blade. It'll give a little less torquey feeling on the motor. Yeah, yeah. So then I was talking to, to Ricky, um, the secretary. Uh, mm-hmm. His last name Shoemaker, is it? Shoemaker, yeah. Shoemaker, yeah. Um, we have so many Rickies and and uh, and Riches and we have we have Rick, Ricky, Rich, and wait, <laughs> yeah. Rick, Ricky, Rich, and I lost track. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! Oh boy! <laughs> so him and I were talking, and at, like everybody at our club has a Sukhoi, just about. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, I was flying that around, and I came in for a landing, and, you know, it's, it seems stupid that you don't realize what the plane's doing. I guess because we, you know, we're, we're flight test fanboys, and we're always building stuff that, that they're putting out, that you don't really fly a plane and explore everything that plane can do. You, you know, you fly, you have a good time, and you're on to something else. So um, that thing has the three different modes, and one mode is they'll let your hands off the stick mode, and it'll straighten up, and I don't think anybody flies in that mode. So that yeah. leaves... The what I call the normal mode, where the throws are kind of, kind of low, and precision flying precision mode. mode. Yeah, and then there's 3D mode where the throws are like insane. Right. I came in for a landing once with that, and and Rick and I were talking, and he was like, you know, you should try landing in 3D mode because you know your throws are a lot more. So I was like, okay, yeah, I should try that because um, I usually don't use 3D mode unless I'm I'm a couple mistakes high and I'm just messing around trying something out. Mm-hmm. So I did a. I did one flight almost all entirely in 3D mode, and I was loving it. I was having a good time. And when I came in to land, I was able to basically harrier that thing and just plop it right down. And I was like, oh, my God, this is this is crazy. So then the light bulb goes off. Then I'm like, no wonder I had problems landing with precision mode all this time because I kept saying, you know, how it, it'll keep the plane level and it kind of fools you if you, you feel like you're coming in, you're slowing down, you're slowing down, and all of a sudden it drops. So what's happening is that AS3X, He's keeping it level, keeping it level, and then it can't support it anymore, and it stalls, like yeah. right at that point. So I'm like, oh man! So that opened up a whole new world with that plane for me. So I did a couple more flights on that thing, and I was I was having a ball, man, with that. I was I was nice. able to hover it a little bit, and uh, you know, lower to the ground than a couple mistakes high, and I was having a good time with that thing, man. Awesome. And I flew the I flew that Beaver a couple times, and uh, <laughs> got back into how to fly outside with the wind. Since we went to Neff and had no wind, and it was just, it was odd flying with no wind at first. Um, yeah. And your beaver. Yeah. And then flew the Oxy and a Goblin. And man, I tried some crazy shit with the Goblin. Um, what did I try? But I had Muse. Muse was standing next to me, and he was like, he was standing next to me, and he had his, um, his radio in his hands. And he mm-hmm. at one point told me, I'm moving my sticks. <laughs> trying, to, <laughs> trying to correct her, trying to, because you're scaring the crap out of me. <laughs> it was like, oh, really? Yeah. Oh wow. I forget what I did though. I was I think I was I know I was inverted and I was coming around like banking to the to the left and I was really far out and instead of pushing up I I panicked and I pulled down and I kind of came close to the ground cuz I pulled down kind of came down wasn't sure of my orientation. I kept trying to spin it around and I was way out there. Um but I was having some fun with that thing, man. You know, you know, Kevin, I um, I walked up to you just when you were doing that and I my, I said to you, "Wow, you're having way too much fun." Yeah. From for, from walking up it didn't look like you were, you know, having a problem. It looked like you were just, you know, just banging the sticks. I'm like, "Look at this guy." 
Yeah, I've been having a good time with that. I've been watching uh, Kyle Stacy's videos and mm-hmm. trying to figure out, okay, how does he how does he do that? And then I'm on the sim and I'm like, okay, I can do that on the sim. And it's nothing. It's nothing like 3D loaded ground stick bang and stuff. It's just like some of the slower stuff he does. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna have to try that. Nice. So, um, yeah. So then I was working on my little special project too this week, and and here I am, Tuesday. Sweet. So I would like to introduce Mike, our club president, and ask him what he's been up to. But uh, he can probably talk about who he is and how he got into the hobby and what he's been up to all in one shot he wants to okay well i uh i like smooth jazz and long walks on beaches oh wait <laughs> right, wait 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 wrong show sorry wrong show dude <laughs> wrong show. <laughs> oh boy you know um i'll tell you what i it, this all started walking through the mall and buying one of those little fixed pitch uh helicopters at the mall that's how this started wow i brought that home and broke it in about five minutes and um <laughs> One of my guys, one of my workers at my shop had one, and he gave it to me, and it did the rest of history. And what I was doing is I was, I, I was struggling trying to um, find a good place to fly. And uh, my dad and I have a private plane, and the airport we used to be in was defunct. So I thought, ah, this is a good place to go fly. And so I'm down there one day, and I'm about 100 yards out, I see a guy with a pickup truck. And I, could, I couldn't see it clearly, but he had a big screen TV sitting on the back of his pickup, pickup truck, and he's standing behind it, and it looked like he's playing video games. What the hell is this guy doing? Oh. So I go walking over, and he, was, he, he had a, um, a, an FPV plane up. And I walked over, and he's got this, like I said, big screen TV sitting on the back of a truck. And everything is rigged. You know, it's all Rube Goldberg. It's all duct taped together, but it was working. And I was just so enamored. I said, oh, my God, this is you can do this with RC? Holy cow. So... I go home and start, you know, burning up PayPal, buying uh, <laughs> FPV stuff, and a, I got a Bixler and nice. And uh, you know, I started flying, and that, that's when I found flight test. Um, awesome. That helped me get off the ground. So what I was, I started doing like distance. I try, would challenge myself to see how far I could get with planes on FPV, and I found myself every time I would come back from a flight. I'd come back and I'd get the plane in line of sight and I would kind of tool it around a little bit and then land it. And I realized I was having fun actually flying the plane because initially the, the whole distance FPV thing isn't really about flying. It's about the challenge of the technology kind of. Right. So I st- then I just started to get a couple of planes and the helis and one thing led to another. And now my house is overrun with planes <laughs> and helicopters. It's, it's crazy. <laughs> So my involvement with the club, that came about because I was looking for a place to fly, and I stumbled across Heavenly Farms. You guys were there. Yep. Right. And, you know, it was some really nice guys there. I'm like, this is great, a place where there's other nuts like me because I, I, I was all alone in this. And uh, they said, uh, you know, I guess after I was there for about an hour, so you were a member of the club, and I had no idea what they were talking about. And so I wound up joining the club, and I realized – this could be better, you know. We, the, 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 they're they're flying flying in this public field, so I, I started working on getting us a better place. And uh, I tried to get the airport at, at first, but then we found uh, the pull the farms where we're at now, and, and the rest is history, I guess. Wow, nice. The, yeah, the, 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 and you know the runway we have that was not that that's that's awesome, I think. But that was at a necessity because we got that field and it was in a, it was a cornfield, and it was pretty rough. 
And so for us to, once I got permission from the town, which took me, you know, some negotiating, it was going to take, geez, you know, a long time, months and months, or maybe the next season before we could, you know, have some grass planted and, and, and use it. So mm-hmm. hence, hence, roll, you know, put a runway down. Now we can get going right away. Uh-huh. In fact, April 1st, I got the first permit April 1st. Two, it'll be two years uh, this week. Uh, and cut the ground, leveled it, rolled it. You know, got the runway, and we were up and running by uh, the end of April. That I guess two years ago. Wow! Awesome. Wow! And then uh, this week, I'm putting out fires. Literally, we had um, we had a fire down there the other day. No way! <laughs> what happened? Well, I wasn't there, so I can't get blamed. Get <laughs> <laughs> uh, a second fire. <laughs> you know, Dennis. I think his name is uh, Younger. Dennis uh, of all the EDFs, the Jets. What's that? Yes, exactly. Yeah. 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 Super awesome guy. Good pilot, too. Mm-hmm. He he had a, uh, a an Emmy 262 twin. Oh, no. And something what? went wrong. He lost control and over the bushes and lit the whole field on fire. No way. Oh, yeah. He, they had to run over there with the fire extinguishers, but it was pretty far away. And uh, sort of fire department. The Rangers called the fire department and the whole thing. So. Oh, it's wow. fine. No, we're OK. We're OK. Yeah. Yeah. Right? I, I had to go out and buy some new fire extinguishers. So he's get, he's definitely getting crash of the month. Definitely. <laughs> That's a shame, too, because we wanted to see that. Both Steve and I had commented yeah. that to him that we wanted to see that plane go up in the air. And... Well, you can see the video of it going down. Oh, oh so, yeah. Yeah, he's got it. Yeah, the, the, he's on his channel. It's, it's in a flat spin going down. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. oh I got to look that channel up. Yeah, I know he usually records with uh, a Mobius on his hat. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, he flew it three times, crashed it twice. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, how long have you been in the hobby then? Oh, not that long. Um, yeah, it doesn't sound like long. No, I guess I've been with the club now three years, and I guess I've been doing RC maybe four years. Oh, wow. Give, give or take. Yeah. yeah, I go all in. When I go into something, I go all in, man. Yeah, yeah. I think everybody's like that in this hobby. Uh, I think you have to be. The true hobbyists, right? Like the true Ugh. folks that, you know, I think it's, go every weekend and everything. It's like a viral infection. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I don't want to get into too much of the club uh, aspect of, of why you're on the show, but um, who's the like oldest member that's part of the club, like been in the club the longest time? Well, um, the, the one that's actually, and he's still active, uh, is John Donnelly. John Donnelly is still active in the club. He still comes out to the meeting, still flies, and he's one of the charter members from the early '60s. Wow! Wow! Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, he must have he must have been a pretty young at the time because he's not an old man. He's right. I, I don't know his age. He's probably seventy or so. But uh, yeah, he, there's a few guys like him, but most of them don't fly anymore. Okay, I was just curious. Hmm. So. Uh, Kevin doing a great job about uh, emceeing this episode. He forgot to tell you what this episode <laughs> name or number was about. <laughs> Steve quits. Episode sixteen. quits. It's episode sixteen. I don't know if I like this name, but uh, nitro. I love the smell of nitro in the morning. Yes, nitro. Nitro airplanes. Nitro gas. Yes, yeah, so you're a lot better at it than I am. <laughs> But continue. Mike or me? If we're yeah. talking about nitro stuff, I guess I'll I'll pick that up. Um, yeah, let's move on to our main topic. 
Yeah, I mean, um, well, the, I guess the first thing to explain about that stuff for folks that are not unfamiliar is there's there's more than one type and, and style. There, first of all, nitro is just the is just the uh, uh, abbreviation for nitromethane, and uh, that's you know you see the gallons of fuel, let's say ten percent, twenty percent. That's the percentage of nitromethane. Right. Um, yeah. So as far as the motors go, there's, there's two stroke and four stroke. And there's a significant difference in, in the application of these things, uh, how they work actually for anybody that's a gearhead is they work very similar, very, very similar to the diesel engine. That's how they run. Right. Um, so the, the, the two stroke and the four stroke again, have different applications. The two strokes are sport, you know, sport planes, you know, um, you're, you're just your average, easy to start, easy to run, uh, lightly built, uh, plane. They go fast. They, what they, what it, the, the two strokes will spin, spin a, um, a smaller prop faster. Four strokes swing bigger props. They have more torque. Okay. So for example, like a, I, I personally don't think that nitro is good for, um, certain applications. Like I, I a lot of 3d stuff and, yeah, four strokes. You know, you can get away with it. You need to swing a big prop, and the four strokes will do it. But then they get, they start to get a little heavy. So there's a trade-off, right? You know, when it comes to the, you know, the the real, if you really want to bang 3D stuff, you know, then you're going into gas, gasoline. And now the gas motors, I think, are there's there's an upside and downside. For example, the gas motors are. Um, a little bit more powerful. I think it's because there's more energy in the fuel. A 120 glow. Now, 120. What does that mean? It's 1.20, or for like a more common size for a glow motor would be a 46. You've heard of that? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Point forty. What's that actually? Yeah. yeah point forty six. That's cubic inches. That's what that means. Okay. When you go over to gas, they they they, they measure them in cc's, cubic centimeters. So ah. roughly a 120 glow is a 20 cc gas, roughly. Okay. Like a 15 cc gas is like a 90 or 91 uh, uh, in in glow. So anyway, um, the gas is a little cleaner when it burns. The nitro planes they get oily, they get messy. Right. Uh, the gas planes are they run clean. My complaint about the gas planes, and I fly a lot of gas planes, is you got to carry gasoline with you. Um, mm -hmm. I just don't. I hate that, but I deal with it. You know, you got to make right. sure you don't spill any. You got to have a gas can in the car. You know that kind of thing. So that's the downside. Um, the is upside that, too. With, go ahead. I'm sorry. Is that straight gas or is that like a gas oil mix? It's thirty in one mix, same as your weed whacker. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, same as your weed whacker or a chainsaw. Okay. Same thing. Yeah. In fact, what I do is I'll I'll I'll, I'll pre-mix two five-gallon um, gas cans, and that'll last me for the season. I'll just I'll I'll pump it into a one-gallon can, and that's what I take to the field with the one-gallon can. Okay. And, and I have a question, not to confuse our listeners, but I know um, I hear people using Coleman diesel fuel or like camp oil or whatever, and they could use that as gas too. Is that I true? have absolutely no idea what that. I have no idea. I, I've never heard that before. Okay. Coleman fuel? Yeah, like I don't know what it is exactly. Like lamp oil? Yeah, like lamp oil or kerosene or whatever. And they and they say you can use that too with an oil mix. Really? On I, gas I engines, don't know. yeah. I 
I know that there's there's folks that have actual diesel two strokes that run okay. on so but they I don't think they have an airplane application. I, I don't know. That's um I, I hear it in a more helicopter world of gas. Is that right? Yeah. I don't I have no idea. Okay. I know there's there's a few gas engine helicopters, but they're pretty rare. Mostly yeah. Nitro. Yeah. Yeah, mostly yeah. nitro for sure. Yeah. Um so how would someone get into nitros? Like what would uh you know, like well, what would your first plane recommendation kind of deal size? Um, the first thing I'd say is you have to be very comfortable handling a heavier plane because the, all the um, internal combustion planes are, are going to be balsa, mm-hmm. um, and so they're going to be bigger and heavier than what might be used to if you fly foam a lot. Um, okay. So, and, and the wood does not take well to bouncing. Yeah. Know? No. So, so there you go. Yeah, and. Um, I'll get back to this in a second, but because Steve has a, an actual video of me doing this, um, you've also got to be really comfortable landing dead stick. Yes. Um, because it's it's not that's not what you plan for, but it happens occasionally. Uh, a good example was uh, Steve was with me videotape, and I was uh, first flight on a a 120 glow four stroke uh, S box, and uh, I think it was the second flight, Steve, right? Second yeah, flight, it was your second flight, and it had it in a fairly high hover, and the motor stalled. Yeesh. Yeah, so I rode it over hard, pointed it straight at the ground, got up some airspeed, and pulled off, and no big deal. Uh, well, it would have been fine, but the landing gear broke, but that wasn't because of me, because the plane wasn't structurally sound. But you have to be, you have to be prepared for that. You have to kind of practice for that, because mm-hmm. uh, if you if you have an engine die or if something happens, um, you have nothing. You have no no power to get back home. You gotta you gotta glide them in. So it, it's not something you plan for, but you have to be you know plan plan for the worst, hope for the best. Um, so if, if you're already flying, you know you're way ahead of the curve. Um, someone like myself, I had one or two foamies and I went right in low. Probably not the best thing, but I'm kind of a gearhead. You need to. Uh, you need the electric starter to start the motors. You need, uh, you know, um, some a field box with some supplies and fuel. Um, and Kevin can attest. You need handy wipes or, or Windex, right? <laughs> um, and so somebody might say to me, "Well, why would I want to glow if you have to deal with all this and they're messy?" Well, there's advantages and disadvantages. The, the one advantage is flight time, for example. Um, right. Generally speaking, I fly for 10 minutes on just about anything I'm flying, but most of my glow and gas wings can fly for 20 minutes. Okay, that's a big difference from, you know, five-minute electric flights, especially if you're banging it hard. So most of the time, I'm landing just because my thumbs are tired. It's not because the plane's out of gas. Um, wow. That, you know, yeah. So that's, that's one aspect. And the other aspect is you just, you're not charging batteries. You, you land, you, you pump some more fuel in, go back up. I saw I saw somebody did a kind of a comparison once some years ago uh, the difference in the cost between the comparable size electric plane as it compares to a, a glow plane they didn't they didn't do gas and it's kind of a wash they said I don't know if I buy that but I guess if you factor in the price of batteries compared right. to how much the fuel costs you know it's it's well, whatever not- floats your boat. Nitros aren't cheap, right? I mean, th- you the pay. The motor? No, no, the uh, the the uh, fuel itself, right? Yeah, depending. Like we just did a a, a big order of twenty cases for club members, and you mm-hmm. know the ten percent fuels, you know, fifteen dollars a gallon. Wow. 
but but you're only going to use eight or ten ounces on a good sized plane in a flight. So a gallon goes okay. a long way, you know. Now when it comes to four strokes, they sip fuel. I mean, I, I've got a couple of four strokes. I'll, I'll fill up a you know a twenty ounce tank and fly it three times, ten minutes each, and they still have gas in the tank. You know, they they just wow. sip. Oh yeah. wow. And the gasers are like that too. You, you guys see that that twenty cc profile I fly a lot down there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a little tiny gas tank in there, and that thing flies forever. Um, okay. It, in fact, one of the things that annoys the hell out of me with all of my fuel planes, and people might think I fly nothing but fuel. That's not exactly true. I fly quite a few big electrics, but anyway, I get back to that. What what I what always bugged me was. The fuel tanks on a lot of these ARFs are very far forward of the CG. And so when you when you balance the plane, mm. you balance the CG empty. Right. And then you go and put, you know, a quarter pound of fuel in the damn thing or whatever it is. It's not that much. but And, yeah. and now it's nose heavy. And I started asking some of the guys that know more about it than me, what, why, what the hell, why did Because I'm building these planes and I'm moving the tank back further and further and further. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to get it near the CG. Right, um, and the problem it has to do with how far away the fuel supply is from the motor. It can't really draw the fuel very far. Right, because um, these are like carbureted, basically. Right, I mean it's not fuel injectors, no electrical fuel injector right. system. Right. Well, how how it works is it uses back pressure from the exhaust to pressurize the fuel tank, and then that forces the fuel to the carburetor. Ah, that's why my nitro cars. Yeah. I always had that that from the muffler going right back into the fuel. That's tank. right. Yeah. That's I, couldn't, I thought it was for the oil so that the oil wouldn't, like, you know, leak everywhere. So the unburned oil would just kind of go back into the gas tank. Oh, that's... Yeah, your, your exhaust is your fuel pump. There you, you know, go. Okay. Because, because they can't... They, they, there, is no manif- there is no vacuum on a two-stroke. They can't suck the fuel in. Mm-hmm. Which is different on a four-stroke. Four-stroke will suck the fuel in. Um, some of my four-strokes don't even have a muffler on them. So, so they're different. But neither, in either right. case... They're, they have limited capacity to either push or draw the fuel to the engine. So I'm always pushing the limits of how far I can get it away. Because mm-hmm. the idea is if you if you take off with a full tank, the plane flies different than when the tank is, say, half half empty. It flies right. different. And that always bothered me. Why do they do this? So there's a few ways around it. There's a few slick things you can do. You, you raise the pump tank up a little bit higher than the motor if you can. They have something called a peri pump, which is a little miniature fuel pump that works off of uh, vibration. There's a couple things. You can do. Oh wow! So was there a reason for that? Then putting the putting the tank so far forward that the CG changes. Well, like I said, because the uh, the the problem is that the further the tank gets away, the harder it is for the engine oh, to okay. fuel. You know, and I think co- combine that with some of the older designs because the older engines didn't have this quite the capacity to draw the fuel out you know so they so they always put the tanks most most of the designs of these things the tank is right up against the firewall right yeah. right you know that's yeah. where they put. now on my gassers they're further away because the gas motors have manifold vacuum they can draw the fuel out so i so some of my bigger planes the, the tank is just in front of the cg so it, it flies almost exactly the same full or empty but on the glow planes, it's a little trickier deal to get that working, to right. get that to work, you know, to make it reliable. In fact, Steve, that that SBOC that died, I mean, I think that might even be what happened. Because mm. right? you're going straight vertical, yeah. And now it's yeah. trying to suck in that gas with gravity yeah. also acting on it, right? 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, because they had it in a bit of a hover there, so mm-hmm. it wasn't happy. So I guess, I guess the you know the the basic thing is a couple a couple of high points. First, like I said, if you you know for nitro or gas, you're going to fly a, a larger, heavier plane. Uh, just for the nature of that, you can't you're not going to put a, a glow motor on a foamy, obviously. Um, you know, with the gas, you and, and you got to handle the fuel. There's some cleanup involved, and you, you got to get some supplies. But there, there's, um, you know, there's 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 some cool issues there. I mean, the flight time is amazing, um, and if you're really into, like I said, 3D and those kinds of maneuvers, you know, swinging a big prop. I mean, the the, the fuel motors have a lot more torque. I think that the electric uh, motors have have uh, better throttle response and maybe even measurably higher horsepower right in some cases uh, but the fuel motors have a lot of torque they can they can bite more air with and swing a bigger prop so mm-hmm. if 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 that's your goal if that's the kind of flying you want to do then then that that's where you're going to that's where you're going to land you know but there's downsides too for example I, I fly a lot of pattern stuff um and a couple of my pattern planes pretty you know I have a 2 meter one it's like six feet long. It's a big pattern plane. These are all electric. The pattern guys fly all electric because the uh, the nitro gas or anything, any fuel they use, it's it's inconsistent. You know the weather, barometric pressure, humidity, sure, right. it changes it. And they need the you know you need the plane to fly exactly the same every time it's in the air. You know have a CG moving around with fuel usage. So they go all electric. So that's a good uh, that's a good uh, case for why electric is good in that application. But I think huh? you know 3D, especially larger planes, you're not gonna just there's not gonna beat a good good gas motor. Just not gonna beat it. Right. When I heard uh, when I first heard you guys were talking about pattern flying on a on a certain day or whatnot, I was like, well, I can fly a pattern. I, I can go down there and do that. But then I I guess I didn't realize that it was actual patterns other than an oval that you're oh, talking about other than a nascar other than just flying <laughs> in a pattern yeah yeah formation well, you know, there you know the like the basic starting uh maneuver the bit the sportsman um thing you know every single maneuver in that you, you guys already do these maneuvers i guarantee it they're very basic the difference is you got to do them correctly and you have to do them in sequence in order one after the other and and I I can tell you unequivocally if you start flying pattern it makes you a far superior pilot it makes you, it forces you to do things in a certain way in a certain order and it makes you a better pilot absolutely yeah yeah because I that. see uh I think Bruce does that right Bruce and and Ricky are always Bruce out and, together yeah yeah it's usually just Bruce and I we're trying to get more guys involved do you need a special plane for that or can you use yeah, any kind of plane question. you you can use anything you want. Uh, the, the pattern planes are, are, are built just for it. You know, you'll see like my pattern planes have short stubby wings so that they roll kind of, they roll quickly and they snap. And uh, usually they're long, thin, high, uh, sided fuselages with big rudders. And the idea is to get it to fly in a straight line and track really well. Okay. You know? All yeah. right. Yeah. But you know, you can fly anything. I, I went to a pattern contest and there was a guy there with an ugly stick. And he did great, you know, a, a clunky, two-stroke, you know, like sixty-size ugly stick, and he, he did great. He did awesome. Nice. Yeah. Um. So, 
the motor size. I know you went into a little bit about mm -hmm. uh, 0.46. Mm -hmm. um, how does that relate to the the size of the plane? Like what? Like if I had a 60 inch wing uh, also kit, what kind of motor would I be looking to put in there? You know, that's an excellent question, Stephen. I got to be honest, I don't have a really clear answer for you because it varies wildly. Um, I, I don't know that I have a formula for you on that. I think it's more about uh, wing area and weight, perhaps. Okay. Uh, smarter people than me give you a better answer than that. Um, um, you, usually, I'm just following the, the, the whoever designed it. They're following their specs, and then they bump it up a little bit. <laughs> more is better, you know? Nice. When in doubt, throttle out, right? Right, right. Um, so, yeah. So you can go too big, and then you have a problem balancing the plane, or it's mm -hmm. just quirky. And too small, it'll fly, but uh, it'll be underpowered. I, you know, there, there's no answer to that question, really, that, that I have for you. Okay. Like, I've always heard that if the plane in the manual requires a, a 60 or a 90 size, people are always saying, you know, use the higher one. Use the 90 size. Right, use the 90, right. I guess it depends on what you're going to do. And it, and we were talking a minute ago about two-stroke, four-stroke, and I, I skipped over this part. Um, the difference in – there's a significant difference in, in power output too. For for example, if you are if you have a 60-size plane, generally that means 60-size two-stroke, mm -hmm. and you want to put a four-stroke in it, you have to bump it up by 30% roughly. So – so a 60-size two-stroke, and its equivalent in four-stroke would be a 90. Okay. Okay. Did I say a 30%? I meant, yeah. Yeah, I you said 50. 30. Yeah. yeah, sorry about that. So, but, uh, yeah. And now, and so the, the four-strokes are a little heavier, and they swing a bigger prop. Uh, but for the same, um, uh, for the roughly the same amount of, of uh, cubic inches, they produce less power. At lower RPMs as well. Right. I mean, that's kind of the whole, you know, two-stroke, four-stroke with the motorcycles, too, back in the day, right? Like, when yeah. two-strokes were legal, like, they were really revvy and, and fast and a lot of power out of the two-stroke compared to the four-stroke, but they just had to make the engines bigger to compensate, basically. Yeah, and, and you know, if you remember, because I did dirt bikes as a kid, too. I got the mm -hmm. scars to prove it. Uh, <laughs> the, the, you know, the two-strokes, uh, they revved up faster. Yeah. Um, but... The, but the four strokes had a lot of torque, right? right. So they're you know so it's it's a different animal, you know, mm -hmm. different different. You, you guys were there on Saturday. I was flying that uh, called the Mofo Ugly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Four stroke. That's a nine. Now that's a ninety size four stroke. Uh, but that's a short stubby wing on that thing. If you notice that mm -hmm. uh, that was actually originally a sixty two stroke, I believe. Yes, it was. Okay. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's that's overpowered. It could, I could probably put something smaller on that, but I had the motor. What 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 the wing size? What was the wing size for that? What's it like? You know, that's a fifty that's a something. That's a scratch built plane, and I don't. It does. There is no specs or plans, but I think that's probably uh, five and a half foot. Yeah, okay. give or take. I'm looking at it on the wall right now. Yeah, it's probably five and a half feet. Nice. Yeah, that was a pretty plane. I don't know why you called it ugly. Well, it. <laughs> I just rebuilt it. <laughs> um, oh. Well, no. When I got it, it had the lettering on it that said "Mofo Ugly." That's what it said. So oh. the, the name stuck. It's infamous around the club. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So, um, I know you went into a little bit of the nitro fuel percentages. I mean, yes. So basically, what's the difference between say ten percent, fifty percent, and twenty percent besides cost? Um, 
Well, it's it's the percentage of of nitromethane. Now, mm -hmm. the actual uh, the they're they're actually the ingredients are more complicated than that. There's 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 methanol and nitromethane. Those are the two combustible materials. But the the percentage relates to the percentage of nitromethane in the fuel. So your average two-stroke runs on 10%. Mm -hmm. um, you can run that fuel in a four-stroke as well. Most of the uh, guys with four-strokes run four-stroke 20%. You give it a little bit more pep. Give it a little bit, you know. The rest of the ingredients are um, synthetic lubricants. There's something called degummed castor oil. Castor okay. oil, I can't even say that. The yeah, original, yeah, the original ones, it was all castor oil, different versions. Right. The new ones are synthetic now, though. And uh, Steve, you know, I you, I actually have it here somewhere. You you asked me a question on the notes you sent me. What was it about? Oh, the glow plugs. Yes. Yeah, there's actually a lot to that. Um, strangely, so first of all, the what the glow plug actually does, as I said before, it works like a diesel. And I've heard I've had guys say to me, well, once it starts, can't you just take the glow plug out? No, you can't. No. The glow plug is it's a it's like it, it in physics it's called a catalyst. Yeah. It, the little coil that you see inside of there, that little piece of metal has platinum in it. Mm -hmm. And so you, you, you give it an electrical charge, it's about one and a half volts, and uh, you start the motor and then you take the, the power away. Uh, but when, when the, when the uh, piston comes up and compresses the fuel air mix, uh, that generates heat. And that heat keeps the catalyst going, keeps the reaction going. So that coil right. is continually glowing like, like a, like a diesel. Right. Now, uh -huh. so Right, so it's 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 a reaction thing. So now you, what you, what a lot of people don't know about is glow plugs is one of the ways you tune these motors. It's right. pretty rare that you have to, but you can change the temperature. Yeah. Uh, you can get hotter ones and glow. Now that's actually how you set the timing. Oh really? Yeah, that's how you set the timing. It's it's if you put a colder plug in it, then that's like retarding the timing on your old Chevy motor. Oh, put a hotter hotter plug in it, and it's like advancing the time. I've played with this quite a bit, and it's hard to even notice or measure the difference. Um, I think okay. the application more has to do with ambient temperature. I know that's a lot of my motors are very hard to start in the cold mm -hmm. weather. Yeah. And every time I get out there and I have a hard time starting one of them, I keep telling myself i got to change the glow plug for this weather, and then it starts, and then I forget about it. <laughs> So I don't bother. But that that's the way you're supposed to do it. The um, the gas engines are very trouble-free. Uh, once you get them tuned, you, you pretty much almost never touch them again. Um, in the cold weather, you got to choke them, and you got to let them warm up a bit. Okay. But uh, you'll see the guys at the at the club a lot of times. Uh, I'm doing it myself. You're, you're constantly tweaking the glow motors. You little give a little adjustments here and there because it varies – you know how it's going to run depending on the air temperature, the density. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a lot of little things. The fuel's inconsistent sometimes, so you got to tweak it a little bit here and there. But not with the gas motors. They, they, you almost never touch those suckers. So with with the gas motors, because you know when you look at nitro, you're kind of referencing more towards diesel technology, while the gas motor. I mean, so does the gas motor have a spark plug or is it yes, still use it does. A glow? In fact, they the modern ones have fuel. Uh, 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 Ignition electronic systems? ignition. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I, I have a couple of the older ones that use the you know, old magnetos like the old lawnmowers. Same right. idea. Mm -hmm. um, Self-sufficient, but the new ones have um, crankshaft sensor and uh, an ignition control module. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. Yep. When you're starting up that nitro, I see you do it at the club every now and then. 
and you get it running and you're fiddling around, my eye tends to get drawn to when there's a spinning blade and somebody's reaching close to it. And <laughs> so I'm always watching you do that. And I'm like, what is he doing? So that you you have the nitro in, in like idle, say, or you have you have any throttle on it, or is it full throttle when you're doing um, that? Or when I'm when I'm when it's on the table and I'm running it and I'm tweaking it. Yeah. Well, yeah. What you do is you want to adjust the fuel air mix. Yeah. Um, and you usually only do it once per visit. Like I'll do it once when it, the first time you fly the plane, and then it's fine all day. And, and sometimes you never have to touch it. You bring it to full throttle. You let it warm up for a few seconds. And, you bring it to full throttle and leave it there at full throttle, and then you just move the, the, the needle valve until okay. you get it just right. And it's it's more of a feel thing. I mean, I have a tachometer. You can do the whole tachometer thing, but it's it's what you what you want you want to just get it to where it's at its peak. So if it runs a little rich, it'll just it'll slow down a little bit. If you run it too lean, it'll start to break up a little bit. You just split the difference. And what I do is I split the difference, and then I go a little bit rich, just a little bit rich, because when you get it in the air, it leans out. Okay. Oh. Yeah, just a little bit. Yeah. And that's where guys go wrong. They get it just dead on, and then they right. take off the engine stalls. Oh. Yeah. yeah. And then, uh, you know, I'm just looking real quick because Steve gave me some notes of things he was going to probably forget about. Right? Is that why you did that? <laughs> just just a couple questions that I was going to yeah. go through. Yeah. Oh, here uh, here was one was maintenance. We're asking about maintenance. Um, other yeah. than a lot of paper towels and Windex, there's not much maintenance. One of the things that you should do on all these motors is take the fuel out of the tank mm -hmm. and then start the motor and let it run till it runs out. Until it runs dry. Right, because wow. the, it actually runs off the fuel that's in the crankcase. They all do. Mm -hmm. And so... Um, yeah, and the reason for that is you don't want the fuel sitting in there when you take it home. And I don't fuss with that too much because I fly lots. I mean, my planes never sit still. I fly all the time, so I don't worry about it too much. But if you're going to take a plane home, gas, nitro, doesn't matter, and you're going to hang it from the ceiling or something for six or eight months, you don't want the fuel sitting in there. Okay. I think that's a good tip to, to do on any kind of small combustion motor. Oh, yeah. Cause yeah, yeah. You don't want to leave fuel in that carburetor because it'll just get gummed up. You'll have to tear it apart and clean it all yeah. out. What How about like have uh, a generator at home? You do the same thing. You run your generator, you turn right. the fuel up and run the motor till it's dry. It's the same thing. Yeah. Yep. So what about um like after run oil and stuff? Because I know back in the nitro car days, you know, if you're gonna run like after you run the engine and you run mm -hmm. it dry, you, you drop a couple after um, run oil in it to just kind of keep everything lubed up. Is that the same with planes? Do you do the same well, with motors? Well, there is, there's is two camps on that one. Um, and there's some of the old school guys that say, absolutely, that's what you should do. And then there's a lot of guys saying, it's not really a good idea. I am in the middle on this, and I don't stress about it because I fly a lot. Right. Um, I, think if I, I think if I had something I know for sure I'm not going to run for a while, yeah, I'll put the run, after run oil in it. I have some. I just rarely use it. Like I said, okay. I, if it, if something I have doesn't get used often, then it's mm -hmm. got to go. Then you sell it, okay? <laughs> yeah, I don't need I, I don't need static models, you know. Sure. <laughs> especially something that has a, a running engine, mm, because yeah. the, if, you know it's not just the motor that degrades; it's the, the fuel lines, the tank gets gum in it because you can't get sure. over the tank. You know, uh, I I bought a lot of used planes over the years, and uh, you know at the auctions, and the first thing you do is take the tank out. And just either throw it away or wash it because it, it turns to just turns to 
goop. Okay. You know, there's all kinds of creatures in there. It's, it's awful. Yeah. That 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 was one of my questions. Like, I have a plane that I bought, and I know it was nitro because the guy told me that that it was set up for nitro when I bought it. Um, because I was going back and forth when I bought it about maybe putting a gasoline motor in it, and it's a uh, sixty to ninety size, like we've been talking about, maybe sixty inch wingspan. The gas tank had two tubes in it. I've seen gas tanks with three tubes in it. I've seen mm-hmm. guys do like a little Y connection to where they they can either drain it or load up the gas tank. And that's been the most confusing. Like, I'm the worst plumber. Uh, I'm not <laughs> Mario or Luigi. So, yeah. So I'm like, what? where does all these, these things go? And, you know, that was well, one of my questions. There's either two or there's, a, there's two or three. So there's so there's there's one that is what they call the clunk. That's the one that feeds the engine, and that's when it goes inside the tank. There's a little hose, and there's a little weight at the end of that hose, so that mm-hmm. it, it's always gravity down. That's that's what feeds the engine. Then the second one you've seen before, where that's the one that connects to the exhaust. Okay. And when it goes into the tank, it just does a little bend up to the top of the tank and goes nowhere. It just stops. It's just like a it's it's not a vent, but it it's set up like a vent. That's where the exhaust pressure comes into the tank. Um, and then the third one, what a lot of guys do is they'll put a third one, and that's a second clunk, and that's just to fill and drain the tank. Oh, okay. okay. Okay, but there's more than one way to do that. If you do a Y, that's not a good idea, by the way. Okay. Because when, because when you put the fuel, when you go to put the fuel in the tank from a Y, you're also feeding the fuel to the carburetor at the same time. You don't want to do right. that. They have they have one way valves you can hook in there. I, I do that sometimes too. Now the the gas ones are completely different. The gas engines don't have uh, a uh, exhaust connection because it has manifold vacuum. Mm-hmm. So you have one line going from the you know, from the uh, carburetor to the tank, you know, to the clunk, and then you have a vent, an actual vent that comes out just like the um, pressurized one, but it comes up to the top of the tank. Usually you make a couple of S-bends at the top of the, you know, right, you rubber band it right to the top of the tank, and okay. then you just run it all the way down to the bottom of the plane. So the next oh, okay. time you have to feel, you pull a, pull a gas plane out, you'll see you'll see a, a big orange, like a ribbon hanging off the plane, like, like a remove before flight kind of thing. And what that is, is that's a plug in the vent hose. Oh, um, wow. So it... Yeah, you plug, you plug. You didn't want the gas vapors coming out, and because because that that kind of system has to be vented, like an old car has to be vented. Mm-hmm. You know, it it can't be sealed, or else the 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 the, uh, the engine can't suck the the the, uh, the fuel out. You know. Okay. So I want to get into a little bit of the the tuning aspect. I know, um, I know for for most folks who have no idea about nitro. Uh, they don't know that there's actually a, a low needle and a high needle. So how, yes. how would you like, you know, first nitro right, engine, well, you, you start, you break it in. How do you now tune it? All right. First, first, let's address break-in. Okay, yeah. If, if you read the uh, owner's manual on just about any modern RC engine, they give you this lengthy, lengthy break-in procedure, you know. Right. Uh, run the engine, wear a funny hat. Run around in a Chinese fire drill, do all these crazy. It's it's nuts. They, they want you to run a gallon of fuel through these things. It's yeah. Crazy. I'm exaggerating, of course, but uh, I can't remember the last time I saw it. it. It's like many tanks they want you to run through these. And I think right. that's absurd. Uh, I mean, how many how many 
how many people break in the new lawnmower or their weed whacker? Come on. Um, yeah. No, you run a tank of fuel through it. You get it. You get it tuned, and you leave it a little rich and fly it. Break it in in the air. That's what I say. Mm-hmm. I know guys that have multi-engine planes that okay. they'll they'll build. Peter, you know Peter Peter D from our club. Yeah. Yeah. He, I'm helping him with a with a with a B17. It's a four-engine B17, and um, so the motors need to match precisely. So you don't want to right. break in four motors on a big plane like that. So he's actually building a plane that he can take each motor and just put the motor in the plane and fly it, fly it around, break the motor in, next wow. motor, break that one in. He's doing a four-motor nitro plane. Wow. He's got he's got two of them um, that. He got from somebody secondhand. They're actually pretty nice. They're small, small motors, like 0.25 motors, but it's a four engine. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Have you ever, guys, ever seen that twin that I fly? That big nitro twin. Um, I think one time. I think yeah. I think I once. saw you fly that. I think only that's once. Some, that's some hair raising shit, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Because you lose an engine, you got to beat Johnny on the spot with that rudder, man. Right. Oh, oh, I bet. <laughs> yeah, it happened to me twice, so I know. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah. The hair, the back of your hair, you're you're on your balls of your feet the whole time. But anyway, okay. um, so I, I'm sure that there's a lot smarter people than me that are going to say I'm full of shit on this, but I, I just don't see the value in spending tons of time and fuel breaking in these motors. Just run it a little bit, get it hot once, put a tank of fuel through it, and then fly it in. I. Just, you got to be smart about it. Obviously, you don't want to beat the crap out of it. You don't want to over rev it. Um, I, they, they have uh, most of the manufacturers have recommendations for prop ranges from mm-hmm. a certain size and pitch to a certain size and pitch. And a lot of times they'll tell you break-in prop. They'll tell you which prop to put on it for breaking. And okay. the idea is you don't you want to split the difference. You don't want to over rev it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you need, so you don't want to be too shallow of a pitch. Uh, but you also don't want to over over stress it too. Right. All right. So you just somewhere neutral in the middle, run it, just go easy on it, run it rich a little bit and just fly it and you'll be fine. I, I've never I've broken lots of motors, but only because I abused the hell out of them, not because I didn't break them in. So as far as tuning it, yes, there's high and low. Now, those those adjustments, Steve, those are for fuel mixture. OK, right. Mm-hmm. So hot, the high mixture is basically anything past idle. That's high. Right. Uh, and the way you do that is you you you. You, um, and, and you got to have the wits about you. Usually you have a friend help you hold the plane down, but you uh, get it to full throttle. Just let it scream and adjust the um, the high needle, like I said before, till you split the difference between it bogging too rich and, and stuttering too lean. So you split the difference. You're always It's always a safe bet to leave it slightly rich. You, you know what I mean? You're, right. always, you're always better there mm-hmm. if you have to, you know. It's like when you balance a plane, you're, you're better off a little nose heavy. You know, right. then tail heavy. Same, same idea. The low one's a little trickier. The low one, honestly, you should really never touch that unless you have a problem. That that's a little trickier, and you can't really do that one on most engines while the while the plane's running. Um, huh. And that's the fuel mixer at 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 when the thr- throttle barrel is not. The carburetors are a little different than what you might picture. Um, yeah, when the closed. yeah the O opening is closed basically by the the yeah. Well, part right there. what happens. They'll run, they'll idle okay, and you go to open the throttle, and it'll boggle or stall, and that usually means it's running too lean or too rich at an idle. Right. And very, very tiny increments. And the, some of this tricky stuff comes in if you've got a really nice plane with a big, big elaborate cowl on it. 
mm-hmm. you've either got to cut holes in it and have things sticking out to get your adjustments. Or what I usually do is, you know, get it set up and break it in with the cowl off. Okay. You know, right. and then leave access so you can get in there later if you have to. Um, okay. But, uh, but the, the tuning, it's, you know, you could probably write down the procedure, but it's kind of like trying to read the procedure on how to ride a bike. You, you just have to get the feel for it. Yeah. You know? And like so many other things in RC, it's best if you get somebody that knows how to do it to do it with you. Right, right. Because uh, my only nitro dealings were with, you know, RC cars. And, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know, like the high and low, it was always kind of confusing. But I got it to a point where it's just like, okay, can I rev the engine full throttle without – Blowing the motor up, getting too hot, leaning it out too much where it chokes, or bogging like you're saying with running too rich, and I guess splitting the difference, right? Finding that that happy place, and then the low for me was just if I blip the throttle, did it stall or yeah, yeah, you know, that's, like, that's the, like low, the throttle yeah. response right there at that instant you hit the throttle. Is it stalling? Is it bogging? Is it like and then go? You know, like choking up kind of. See, I think the car guys use different fuel too um there is different nitro fuel it's mixed differently with different lubricants i believe for cars Mm -hmm. and i think one of the things and i know nothing about cars but i I would imagine there's a different procedure for tuning a car because when you're spinning up a an airplane engine uh whether it's it flying in the air or sitting still it's pulling a load right may not be exactly the same but that propeller is is, it's pulling a load so yeah so if you you got a car sitting still in neutral and you rev the motor you i don't know that doesn't make that doesn't sound good. <laughs> yeah, me. so um, you know, with the cars, obviously, because they have a clutch, they have a clutch stack, just like helicopters, nitro helis. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, they have a clutch stack, which you know, with uh, centrifugal force, will push the clutch um, shoes out and grip the bell housing, which turns a pinion. So I, it's probably more closer to a helicopter nitro. That I yeah, guess I airplane? you know I, I, I see oh. I seen one or two guys fly nitro helis, and I, mm-hmm. I never really took any time to ask them how they tune those things. I, I don't even know how they do it. I think it, it must be a little bit of hit or miss. Yeah. You know, it's I mean, not like I'm you sure. can walk out to it with a screwdriver with the blades spinning. <laughs> right, right, spinning up, yeah. You yeah, kind of you know. hover, do a little test flight. Okay, that was too rich. Lena. I think, you know what, it might have been John Ray. Somebody told me that some of them have a, a gizmo, like a, like a servo type of device where you can change the mixture from the transmitter. Is that true? I've never Somebody heard of that. that. I've, I've yeah, I heard, I heard it, that somewhere. That wouldn't sound too difficult to do. Yeah, not at no, all. No, yeah. It kind of makes sense too, right, Kevin, that they would have something like that? Yeah. It makes sense, but it kind of scares me that, oops, I hit that <laughs> I hit that knob a little too much. And, oh, man. You know, boo, your engine, you know, throw, <laughs> throw a rod. <laughs> My first helicopter yeah. was um was Nitro. I had... Really? Um, yeah, I... I had a, I think I was eight years old, and I had one of those little Cox helicopters with the spring on it. Mm-hmm. And oh, is that the one with the two blades that's been opposing? No, this had four uh-huh. blades. It had, but it had the little, almost the the little generic Cox motor in the in the yeah. on the top of it. And what was supposed to happen was you were supposed to get that motor started, and it would take the helicopter up, and there was no control over it. And then it would use the four blades to kind of like auto itself back down. You know what's funny about what you just said is I, I've had a couple of Cox things when I was a kid. 
And every time anybody ever describes to me one of those things, they always say the same thing. What it was supposed to do was... Yes, exactly. Because <laughs> this thing never got off. I think it got off the ground once, and it only got up about three foot, and it flipped over and drove itself into the ground. Yeah, those things are... One of the guys down the club told me they got one of those flying, and it just took off and never came back. <laughs> well, that's I the believe thing. That's that. That's what they do. That's what they do. There's no throttle control. You have your a fuel mixture needle, one needle, and that's it. So you set your fuel thing, you... You know, put the prop on the little spring, turn it back, and let it go, and that's it. And <laughs> it just goes. And I remember hooking the battery up to the glow. And, I mean, mm-hmm. this is like 1975. It's like Kevin out in the front lawn with my big brother, my father, and his camel cigarettes. And just like, you got to prime that motor. I'm telling you, you got to prime it. And yelling at my brother and yelling at me. And for like, that was my that was my greatest experience in, in helicopters was, uh, at that point, was... My father yelling from the porch. That's what to do. And we we we'd get that motor running, but man, that thing never got off the ground. Who knows? If the prop was even on backwards. Who the hell knows? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it was like, and I used to see those motors on everything. You know, when you're a kid, you know, you look at different things. I definitely would see them on the the control line motors that they would sell. Oh yeah. And then they had a UFO yeah. that did the same thing. Like it was just like a pie plate with a motor in the middle of it, and it was supposed to just go up and come back down. I just, know what you're talking about. I've just seen that. go up and never come back down. I've seen the UFO one with the Cox motor right in the middle. Yeah. Oh, man. I mean, still to this day, my sister and I, we talk and we laugh about it with, mm. with, with our dad on the porch, you know, yelling at my brother. And it's it's funny that you think, like, back then it was like, sure, here's a little motor with a, a probably a wooden prop and no control just you know start it up and throw it in the air <laughs> and chase you around the yard <laughs> right you know that would not fly today these oh my god with the, oh, the my. They're out there these days and uh, they were all control lines so you know you got maybe one half of half of half a circle out of it and it went in <laughs> i actually did control line when i was a kid and i, I yeah. had good luck it got me dizzy <laughs> oh man circle circle and just going up and down up and down with the thing yeah. you ever see those guys they wear helmets well, now, I mean, I, they're, yeah. they're super fast, and they yeah. they don't do a loop, but it almost looks like it because they – No, no, they do on. loops. They, they do, do. loops. Yeah. Oh, wow. But then they have to unloop or else the wires get – Right, back. right. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, but they wear helmets, and I'm thinking, I don't know if I want to do something RC that requires protective equipment. <laughs> well, I mean, for the pilot in the middle, I would think it's the safest. When you build one of those control lines, um, you know, you're building with the rudder – pushing out away from you mm-hmm. so if the you know if the wire breaks it's not coming towards you it's coming towards whoever is around the you know perimeter of the circle well i can i can picture it going up or somehow losing control and going up and then oh maybe start falling back down yeah yeah i don't know see now you said you had said that uh you know all your stories about the cox motors is we're always like it this is what it's supposed to do yeah <laughs> all the stories i've ever heard about control line when we were kids is yeah i would get it going and it would be my little brothers and i'd fling it around a few times and then i would just let it go <laughs> that was all the stories i heard oh man <laughs> and it's the Did same way you guys way. ever have the cars i had a i had a dragster yeah you had to pound a nail into the ground right into the yeah it went on this it followed a string and it had a parachute and everything yep. oh i never I've never seen that yeah, one. Yeah. Oh wow. yeah, you'd spend three or four hours getting it started, and it would go once. <laughs> you know what I mean? and the road department <laughs> would come out and bitch at you for pounding a nail in the street. <laughs> <laughs> nice. 
I had oh, I had a van. This it was a I don't know why it was a van, but it was a van with it, and it had it had um an internal like a little mechanical computer. It had these little discs that you would put in, and it would file it would drive, and it, it when it started going, it would the steering wheel would turn and follow this pattern. You could put it like in a figure eight or an oval, and it would drive around and follow the pattern. It's kind of slick. Oh wow! It was the only thing I ever think I had ever had Cox that actually would start and drive and. You didn't have to hold on to a string or. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of slick. Yeah, it's probably a collector's item now. So is yeah. that is that little helicopter I had was that a, I guess it was a nitro motor because there was glow. Yeah, yeah, all those cocktails. Yeah, you know, believe it or not, some of those are collectibles now. Ah, uh, yeah. When we were at that swap meet, I know I saw like you'd see the table with the guy that had like five or six of those motors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There was a guy there that had one. It was like a giant size, looked like a Cox motor. It never was, never ran, but it had, it had points on it. Did you see that thing? It had points. It had no. actual points. It had points like an old car did. <laughs> like my old Harley. <laughs> yeah, dude, it was amazing. It was like a, it, it was like anybody, nobody would ever put fuel in this thing. You just like put it up on your on your desk and display it. It was pretty amazing. Right. It looked like it was from the 30s, you know. But it actually had a wow. points condenser and, you know, wow, little miniature spark plug. Oh, my God. Wow. All right. Um, so when you when you talk about the oil mix, now gas, nitro, doesn't mm-hmm. matter what percentage, everything needs oil. What kind of oil does it use? Is it just regular motor oil? The, the uh, gasoline uses uh, two-stroke oil. Um, two-stroke oil, okay. Yes, like the same thing you'd put in your chainsaw or your weed whacker, mm-hmm. although uh, most of the um, – most of the engine companies, uh, RC engine companies, uh, sell uh, high-end synthetic stuff. Now, whether or not it's just a slick bottle and it's right. the same thing in the bottle, I'm not really sure. Uh, but you don't, I, you don't buy much of it, so I generally buy the the good stuff as, as far as I can tell what it is. I don't know. Okay. Uh, you know, um, but you you can just go to Home Depot and get regular two-cycle oil. But um, like the DLE and and uh, those companies, they have they have recommendations for uh, brands that, that you would want to use. Okay. And you don't use much of it. Like I said, it's a 30 to 1 mix. So so it's it's uh, 30 parts gas to 1 part oil. So, I mean, a gallon of gasoline, which lasts forever, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's a couple of shot glasses of oil. That's all it is. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, and what, so you... what I do with a, bit, with a new gas motor is I'll mm-hmm. run it. I'll run that a little little heavy on oil, just, just you know, just as a break-in thing. Okay. Yeah. See, I have shot glasses, but it's never going to see oil. <laughs> <laughs> well, it might lube you up, but it ain't oil. Huh? Yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> so, so you said that was for gas. Now, is there a different for nitro? No, nitro is all pre-mixed. You just pour it in and go. Oh, yeah. So there's like, no like, pre-mixing like we were, too. No, the, the, that's all pre-mixed. Um, I don't, I don't think you could actually get a license to mix that stuff because, uh, um, uh, what do you call it? The nitromethane is. Uh, Controlled substance, I believe. Huh? I mean, I, I know that people, the, the people that use nitromethane and even some of the alcohol in uh, racing, in like funny cars and stuff, they have to get a special license to handle that stuff. Um, but it's it's a complicated mixture of uh, what is it? It's uh, they call it degummed um, shit. I wrote it down because I knew I was going to forget the name of it. Degummed castor oil and synthetic lube. So 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 it's like of the total lube, it's usually like seventy percent synthetic and thirty percent mm-hmm. of this castor oil uh, of the lube. 
Uh, but what, like again, like we said before, like if we if we say ten percent nitro fuel, that right. means it's ten percent nitromethane. Right. The actual like catalyst, like the the um, right combustible portion. Right. 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 Well, it's got there's methane. There's 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 um methanol in there as well, but the variable. It, well, there's actually technically there's two variables. The, the first variable is the percentage of nitro, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and the type of oils that they mix. For example, um, you you generally want to run what they call four-stroke oil, four-stroke. I'm sorry, I'm tripping on my tongue. Four-stroke fuel in a four-stroke engine. Right. Now what's the difference is the is the oils that they use. Um, you can use the four-stroke oil in a two-stroke engine. I don't know that it's a great idea to go to the other way, though. Okay. G- generally speaking, um, most of the engine companies will have recommendations on what they what they suggest you use as far as percentage. Mm-hmm. There's usually a range. Um, I don't know of any modern ones that are below 10%. So 10% would be your normal everyday fuel. Um, and depending on what you're doing with the plane or what the engine is, you can go 15 and 20. So a lot of guys run 10 and 20. Generally, I run 20 in the four strokes. Gives them a little more pep, a little more, a little more punch. Because actually, you know, ten, the difference between 10% and 20% isn't 10%. It's exactly 100% more. Right. So it's double. Right. It's double. It's double the amount of of, uh, of nitromethane. Oh, okay. You know, so it's it's got it's got more energy. So, but there's a price to pay there. You got to be careful because you'll you'll over rev these things. You'll you'll. Mm-hmm. Just, I've broken crankshafts. I, I, you know, uh, it, it's not it's not common, but for example, you get a like I'll get a, a a beater. I call them beater planes, like a fun fly plane and like a forty size fun fly plane, mm-hmm. and I'll put a like a, a sixty one four stroke on it just because it sounds cool and it's just fun to fly. And I'll just bulk that up with twenty and thirty percent fuel, and just yeah, just beat the hell out of it, and eventually it'll break. <laughs> nice. you guys, you, were you guys there for? Were you guys there for the Frankenplane thing? Yes. yes. All right. Did you see that thing I flew? Yeah, I don't okay, know what that, it was. <laughs> that, that was that was three four-stroke sixties. <laughs> oh man! Oh, that's right. That, yeah. yeah, that was. There were sixty. Well, there were technically there were sixty ones. There were four strokes. There were ASPs. Those are hobby king. Okay. And uh, yeah, so four, uh, three, uh, four-stroke engines. That was uh, pretty cool. Uh, it sounded cool, that's for sure. Yeah. 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 Three motors. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, getting that in sync wasn't easy, and that was a handful to fly. Trust me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because it wasn't made for that. <laughs> I'm glad somebody got that on video. <laughs> hey, if you guys don't show up for the Franken plane, I'm not going to renew your membership. By the way. <laughs> I okay. have something. I have something for the Franken plane. I built um. I built a baby blender a while back, and I have the top wing is is larger, and I extended the fuselage by four inches. And um, I tried to fly it, but I don't. I I didn't know what I was doing. Um, so All right, well, let, let, let's that. get it straight now. Let's get it straight now. There's, there's rules. <laughs> yeah, that sounds so like one it, plane. It's technically. <laughs> oh, well, does it have to be two planes? Well, there's two. <laughs> there's. There's uh it's it's technically the clunker fly. That's where I started. The clunker fly was supposed to be grab whatever you got in your house that's supposed to fly, but you're not sure. You know, the more duct tape and hot glue, uh, the better. You know, that's all my plans. So, no test flights. You know, just show up and see what happens. Uh, and, and you get extra points if you can write your name in dust on the wing. Um, 
then then they said, well, we got to have a Frankenplane event. So the Frankenplane event is supposed to be, of course, we don't really keep the rules, but it's supposed to be at least two different airplanes or parts from two different airplanes into one. Okay. That that's the idea. But you know, if you make some kind of monstrosity like uh, Tony made last year, oh man, made something out of a piece of furniture. <laughs> did he have the wing on backwards too or like <laughs> um i don't even know i don't know like the trailing edge was in the front and this is all you, know, you guys know chris you guys know chris orban yeah i know you know him if you see him yeah he he's so awesome he, he's the guy i told you he shows up at the field with the plane in the box and builds it on the spot <laughs> yeah. okay okay well the morning of the year before it's Frankenplane event. He's like, I gotta come up with something. So he took, uh, he took two foamy planes he had, and I literally just wrapped duct tape and duct taped the two of them together, uh, right on top of each other, because one had a running engine and the other one didn't. <laughs> so, oh boy! <laughs> it was, um, oh man, I can't remember. And if he flew it all day long, <laughs> he flew it all day long. Nice. That's well, a blast. Was he the guy that had like the flying wing there this year, and he had the nitro motor in the front and the electric motor? Oh, uh, we couldn't get it going. Yeah, that was him fun. though. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think I tried to DLG launch that thing multiple attempts. <laughs> I knew it wasn't going to fly, but I kept helping him anyway just because it was funny. Yeah, <laughs> there was no way it was going to fly, you know, because it wasn't a wing; it was actually a wing. You know, it wasn't a wing plane; it was just a wing yeah just yeah. a wing that had no vertical stance <laughs> no. or anything <laughs> no it was totally unstable but he had he came out one time with a um uh it was just a rectangle like a, i it was a, i think it was a piece of plywood it was just a rectangle <laughs> and he didn't build it he bought it used uh it had a like a 25 nitro on it had a tail and like a rudder okay and it flew awesome it was just a it was just a square sheet of really thin plywood with the motor on it, and it flew. Wow. Nice. Yeah. You guys, you guys ever see those uh, wild hogs down there? Yeah. Is that the, the corrugated coral plast? The coral plast. Yeah. That's all those things are. It's just a. Mm -hmm. It just happens to be arrow shaped, but it's just a flat piece of plastic with a couple of rudders. Yeah. yeah. Two channels. Awesome. Yeah. Nice. Nice. So let's do a comparison about nitro and and electric planes now. I got a perfect one for you though, because you, I said you were there, mm -hmm. uh, with that S box. Yep. Okay. So here's what happened. I got uh, John Reyes down at the club had this uh, Hangar Nine uh, S box electric. All right. It was a little beat up, and he took the servos out, but it had a decent motor and a nice ESC in it. And he had the same exact plane or in the box, new. So I bought both of them. Okay. And the electric okay. one actually I flew that on Saturday. You saw that mm -hmm. Saturday, the yep. white one. Okay, that's the exact same plane as the uh, one that you saw me uh, dead stick. Right. It's the same exact plane. So my plan was to build two and try to get the weight as close as I could, one in four-stroke nitro, one in electric, and compare the flight characteristics. Okay. okay. Yeah. Um, so I didn't get a chance to really finish that actual test because that plane's under repairs right now. But mm -hmm. I would say um, they definitely flew different. Um the 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 four stroke had a lot more power. It could hover. Um, okay. Electric one can hover, but you got to work hard at it. And but the nitro one flew heavier. If that makes sense. It, sure. It flew a little heavier. Um. So. Hmm. 
I, it's, I don't know if it's apples and apples here, guys, because I didn't get a chance to really push push both of them hard. But it's it's a tough call. They both have pluses and they both have minuses. The electric one has a minus uh, because of flight time. I mean, I you know if you mm-hmm. if you're banging it hard, you know, four or five minutes. Out of, it's a six cell five thousand plane, but I can only get four or five minutes out of at a good battery because I'm really pushing it hard. You know. Wow. Swing big prop. Yeah. I mean, I can get five or six out of it if you take it easy, but I, I don't mm-hmm. fly easy. I'm curious. So, I'm curious yeah. how you say that the you know the the nitros are heavier, right? What if you doubled up that the battery packs, right? So you would double up your flight time and make the weight closer to it. I guess then you're talking um, about power weight ratio. Well, I'm saying that they're. I'm saying in the beginning, I said the the nitro planes are going to be heavier than what you're used to because it's going to be balsa and there's a lot more mass. To right. But I guess if you compare the same plane. In electric, it's not that much different. I think the, the I think the nitro one is slight, a little bit heavier, but not dramatically more. I mean, that, okay. that big five thousand pack isn't, yeah. isn't you, know, you know that weighs a lot. So power system versus power system, we are ta- we're talking about you know just a little bit heavier on the nitro yeah. side. Yeah, 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 definitely, definitely. Which which actually lines up over flight time, right? I guess. Well, the, yeah, the a little bit. I mean, it's it's I mean, it's probably it's something that's measurable on a scale. Mm-hmm. But I, I depending on the plane. That one I didn't notice it so much, but some planes you can actually it flies different. Right. You no, know? I mean just think about it. If you if you if if you move the CG, what be you know the CG is different from when you took off to when you landed. The plane's going to be different. It's going to sure. feel. And I've always complained about that. So what I would do initially was I would just keep I would either not fill the tank up all the way, or I would keep the flight time short so that it wasn't that much of a difference. Okay. But wow. if you fly a thing for ten or fifteen minutes, it's a different plane when it comes in than when it took off. It has different. Maybe you know, guys. Maybe it's just me, or maybe it's just the kind of planes that I'm flying. But mm-hmm. you know, you, I think your average, you know, um, you know, sport plane that's got the hedral in it that some of these guys fly that are very stable but not maneuverable. You might not notice it. You know, they're just and it. So it's it's a it's a matter of the. Um, I'm going to say the kind of plane you're flying and the type of flying that you're doing too. You know, right. if you if you're doing a lot of 3D stuff where the plane's stalled all the time, mm-hmm. uh, and you're just using the prop to yank it around, um, when you move the CG, it changes. It cha- well, the first thing I notice right away is it changes the the elevator's authority and right. what the plane's going to do. So if I move the stick a certain percentage and I expect something, I'm going to get a different result if the plane CG is different. Right. You know what I mean? Um, so, so that, that's my complaint. Um, what, whether or not it's, 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 uh, valid across the line, I doubt it. It's just, it's just something that I bitch about. But, uh, so again, back to what we were saying, the difference between, um, the same exact airplane and I tried mm-hmm. to copy the same servos as best that I could, right. um, between the, the electric with the 5,000 six cell and the 120 nitro. I really can't wait to get it back up and try some more. I, I, I I'm, I'm split on it. I'm split on it a lot. Yeah, um, I'm interested to see what you, know. you think. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, it. The, what happened to that thing was, and I should have known better, is that the when I brought it down uh, on the dead stick landing, it had nothing to do with the fact that it was dead stick. It's just the landing gear just broke. It just broke. yeah, you know, it just it, it wasn't a crash. But when it broke, the, the gear folded up underneath and broke through both wings so it's it's under repair now so i guarantee you the, the very day that that's ready i'm going to come out with both of them nice. and we're going to try and we're going to see you know we're going to see um let me know i'll videotape it yeah 
Yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean that. I really want. There's a lot of people excited to see that. Yeah. It's a really unique opportunity to try something like this. You take two uh -huh. identical planes with different power sources. You know, with different. Yeah. Uh, you know, and and just see that see the difference. There's always that. You know, there's. I keep repeating myself, and I'm sorry, but there, there are so many pluses and so many minuses for both. You yeah. know, so it's. How do you feel about it? Like some days, I I like the idea of swapping out a battery and going right back up. And other yeah. days, I'm like, man, you know, because those six cell packs, you know, it's a lot of energy to, to recharge and, mm -hmm. you know, whatever. And and I feel like sometimes, you know, I get to that four and a half minute mark, five minute mark. It's like, oh man, I'm just getting into this and I got to land. Right. You know, uh, I yeah. get those nitro planes and I'm up there so long, I'm like, I'm gonna land because I'm getting tired. Yeah. You know, that's how I'm, that's how I feel when I fly my heli. It's like the 380. It's like three minutes of flight. I'm like. As soon as I get warmed up and get used to the the controls, I'm like, oh, it's over, my timer. right? Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, now I look at that the other way. I'm like, when I hear that timer going off one minute, it's like, okay, good. I only have one minute left. <laughs> <laughs> uh, trust me, I was just like that, Kevin. But uh, as you as you just fly more and and you, you start flying the bigger helis, you're like. Oh man, I I want to stay in the air. Like I want to keep practicing, keep practicing. You know. Well, yeah, I and mean, I'm I'm joke around, but. Uh, now that with the Goblin 380, man, that's five minutes. And after three minutes, I'm like, wow, this is actually a long flight. It feels that like so much longer. You get yeah. you get five minutes on that 380. Yeah. What what pack is you what pack are you using on that? Um, it's a success 1800 pulse 1800. pack. Yeah, yeah. You, a, you run pretty low head speed though. Right? Yeah, I'm gonna probably crank it up a little bit. Hey, you were pushing it hard on Saturday, man. You were flying good. You yeah, were... thanks, man. Yeah, and, and I've been. Checking my batteries, and I, I definitely using more of the battery in the five minutes. So I'll probably, if I do wind up going ahead up the head speed, I'll probably wind up, you know, doing four and a half. Yeah, yeah, dude, we got to have a battery conversation, man. You, you're brutal. <laughs> no, they'd be coming down okay. Though they're they're never below. Oh man, I I, I my ass puckered when you said I never balance my batteries. Uh, okay. <laughs> I was like what? Are you sitting me? Were you just kidding? Um. You don't you don't really balance them? No, his old charger was always just charge. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you got the eye charger now. Oh, yeah, man. now we got the eye charger. Mm -hmm. Oh, dude, now that you got that, you, I guarantee in a week you're going to tell me that's the best investment you ever had. Oh, I'll oh, tell you right now. Too late. <laughs> <laughs> that's the shizba, ain't it, man? It's awesome, man. I really like it. I, I like the option where you can check the internal resistance with, like, two clicks of a button. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 You showed me that on, on Saturday. Yeah, that's way cool, man. So I did push that charger though, <laughs> or your generator pushed. Oh, that's yeah. right. Yeah, dude, you. Uh... Yeah, I, I was such a generator down. <laughs> yeah, what the hell were you doing? I heard the I heard the generator going. Ah! <laughs> I was. What the hell I, was that? I was like, hey, Kevin, you mind if I charge a pack and let's push it? Let's try thirty amps. Let's try the max. Um, his generator didn't like the thirty amps. <laughs> and you know me, I'm like, yeah, sure, go ahead. And I hear the generator, I'm like, oh crap! Let me let me shut this off. Let I'll bring it back down to twenty, Kevin. <laughs> I'll have to try it at the house on on thirty amps. You know, you yeah. guys were talking to um, Nick at the last podcast about batteries and stuff. Yeah, yes. friend Nick. And you know, I, I'm, I I I listened to that the other day. I said, well, I better brush up and make sure I know how this podcast works. So I listened to that just the other day. Mm -hmm. And um, I was kind of on board with most of it, but not all of it. But one of the things that I'm thinking about when you guys are talking about, you know, pushing these batteries earlier, I'm thinking, man, I don't want to charge a battery where the wires get hot. You know, yeah, like, yeah. like you know, I mean, like e even those big 5000 packs, 
I mean, two, two and a half C is fine for me. I don't know why everybody's in such a rush. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't ever, I don't think I go above two C. What? Like that, like the that I. What do you got? The three hundred six, Kevin. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like, dude, you can put you can put like two two uh, five thousand packs on that, right? At, at like at like twelve to fifteen amps, you know, and you know, fifteen minutes. Well, I love it because It'll bang it up. my last chargers, the last two chargers I had, they maxed out at six amps, so I could do one twenty two three cell at four point four, but I couldn't do two at eight point eight. I could do two at four point four, which is one C for each one mm-hmm. so that's why i'm really liking this like it basically turned any charging i have to do into 25 minutes well yeah Dude, half the time yeah it's crazy Char- charging all those batteries at six six amps that's like walking to work yeah that's that's yeah. crazy yeah you know yeah i can't believe you waited that long to get to, to do that yeah i don't know what was keeping me from I, buying I something why, why? what do you <laughs> let me know you have you have so many packs you have so many planes that use different packs so you kind of like you were never in a rush to charge. It's kind of like, all right, I'm charging these three packs for the vegan. Okay, I'm gonna fly to Beaver and I have five of these batteries. So I got the Goblin. Like you, you know, yeah, we, we go to the field with so many packs, and they're all different for different you know, models. So we kind of take a break from this model while we charge up, and and it's not really of a rush. Yeah, that's probably right. Yep. But now I know you, you you're gonna be getting more and more flights in with the Oxy, more flights with the Goblin. And you're going to be like, okay, I need to get this back in the air now. <laughs> yeah, hopefully, yeah. No, I, re- I really dig it. I really, and, I, and I'm really enjoying working on that case. I'm just taking the regular Home Depot case and turning mm-hmm. it into a a charging case. It's, it's coming out nice. I, I like it. Nice. Yeah, a couple of nice. things coming and definitely going to be picking up a 3D printer. So I'm going to 3D print like the faceplate and all that stuff and mm-hmm. add some depth to it. Oh man, you you got you got you you got the sickness bad, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely yeah. do. <laughs> but I, I'm always tinkering around with something, so it's like I can I can use that 3D printer for a lot of different things. Sure. Print out some That's... cute little things for your wife too, so that way, you know, there's some justification there. <laughs> no. 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 <laughs> oh man. No, dude. It'll probably be six months before it's even discovered. <laughs> really? Yeah. They're loud. Like they make noises, and I, even I guess in your basement, it's or your uh, your garage. True. I guess my my uh, my crossbow doesn't make noise. That was funny when she came out. She was like, "What downstairs?" Like six months after I bought it, I was. She's like, "What is that?" I was like, "You remember? You know when I go out in the, in the driveway and I put out my little target, and you see arrows flying across?" I said, "That's what that is." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what I do is I get everything shipped to my office, so nothing ever shows up in the house. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh man! Well, I learned a, I learned a while back that um, if I changed the case and the computer, uh, that would be noticeable. So what I wound up doing a long, long time ago is just changing the guts of the computer and keeping the same case, so there's nothing ever visible. So <laughs> it goes under the nice. radar. It's like one of the old timers uh, at one of the clubs that I used to belong to um, would tell me, every time you leave the house, you bring a rifle case with you and you put a broom handle in it. And every <laughs> time you go out and you come back, you got the same case with the broom handle in it. So this way, when you come home with the new rifle, you're not supposed to have, she can't tell the difference. Yeah, I'm go. thinking, oh, man, that's that's you got to get 
either you got to get a new wife or something that's that cool. <laughs> Man. Yeah. Uh, all right. Um, news. News. Helifest. Yes. Yeah, so actually, us three here, we're the ones uh, kind of planning this. I mean, you, you guys had a the, the club has had a helicopter fun flight before, though, right? This isn't the oh, first yeah. one, right? Okay. No, no, we have one a year. So, yes. yeah, the first the first one I had the whole pro guys come from a main hobbies. They mm-hmm. came down with their Winnebago, and wow, we, we woke up all the neighbors. Nice, <laughs> no boy. Oh yeah. man, I bet that neighbor on the left enjoyed that. <laughs> oh well, that's the first time we met him. Oh okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Oh god. But, um, yeah, so uh, Mike came up to Kevin and I probably about a, a month ago, a month and a half ago, talking about, you know, we do this podcast and, you know, want to, um, you know, have us organize a, a Helifest, a fun fly for, and we're, which we're calling the Free Fall RC Helifest, presented by Tri-County RC New Jersey. So it's quite interesting. It's the first kind of event like this I've ever even thought about you know, figuring out the logistics of it. So it's kind of a daunting task. Like, oh, what do we need? I don't even know what we need. Like, you know, I it's think easy. I, it's not hard. It's easy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because we're not running, we're not running any events. There's no racing. There's no competition. It's just basically herding cats, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> you always hear about people that do the events and say, you know, it takes all this time to put it together and now we're kind of seeing the other side of it. It's like, yeah. Well, this is little. I mean, you know, it's, it's, I've done a handful of them already. It's really not mm-hmm. that bad. It's but, like, like, I mean, I didn't know that you were a contest director. So I was like, oh, man, someone's going to well, have to a CD and this and that. Okay, <laughs> well, there's a fun, there's a fuzzy line on that. In fact, um, I, just before we did this call, I was on the phone with Eric Williams, our AMA mm-hmm. VP for, Air, for District 2. Yep. And the, he kind of gave me my the blessing on this two years ago. The problem I have with this, the actual official AMA CD is I haven't been around long enough. There's a year you have to be in a certain amount of years, right? But he, but he told me the way I'm doing it, and the way we've got it covered at an AMA field, insured and all that stuff, we're fine. We're fine. Oh, the, okay. The, the real the real problem comes in is where where the line is in the sand with this stuff is a couple of things. One is if you have it outside of an existing field. Right. Okay, which a lot of these big events are. They're not at actual AMA fields. Okay. Oh, that, that's right. one of the things. The other thing is where if you if you come in and you ha- and you're holding contests where you give out prizes or money. Right. Okay, so now, when it comes to prizes, we can give out gifts. We can do a, we can do just about everything and not worry about it. It's we're okay. We're we're fine. Okay. Um, I, I'm sure somebody that's a, a a lawyer can say no, you're not, but we're okay. We're we're fine. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this is gonna be a, a you know, it's a smaller event. It's just not gonna be. I mean, what what are we estimating? Thirty to forty. Yeah. Pilots we want to do. That, that's, you know? that's that doesn't sound like much, but that's a lot of that's a lot of. Guys, that's a lot of people. Yeah. So that that's because I'm I'm actually working on three others right now. Rich and I are doing the multi GP tri state championships. Mm-hmm. We're doing the qualifiers and we're doing the finals. And oh my god, oh my god. And that's a lot. That see now that's a lot of work because we have a schedule. It's a competition. We've got to right. find how many people are on the line and there's a lot of rules and there's it's it's a whole complicated thing and it's a lot of work. 
and it takes a team of people to do it. But what okay. we're doing, really, I'm not terribly worried about it. I mean, the biggest thing we have to figure out is what we're going to eat for lunch. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, really, <laughs> you know, yeah. make sure you got enough room for everybody to park. Mm-hmm. You know, make sure make sure the guys know where to stand when they're flying. Yeah, and you know what are the you know the the rules of the field, and I think we should do two things on that, and and uh, hopefully I'm not taking up time on this, but no, that's um, fine. I think that uh, we 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 need to actually write down. Well, I can just give you a copy of the field rules, and you can just put them on your flyer or whatever, give them to the people of the rules, yeah. of the field, which are very simple, but also have a pilot's briefing to make yeah. sure. Because yeah, there's definitely. only, I mean, yeah. with helis, we don't, I don't, I'm not worried about helis. They're not going to go far away. We just have to watch that one side where that one neighbor is. You right. got some guys with a big old 700 smacking really hard over on that side. That could be a little bit of a problem. But, sure. mm-hmm. you know, I, like we were saying the other day, we could, I think we can have three flight lines, maybe at least two, probably well, well, two, two spots on the main flight line, I think, because, you mm-hmm. know. Of the width, but then having like that hover zone on the left side where the FPV, uh, the multi yeah. field is, would be great, you know. You're tuning, you're hovering, oh, kind of, yeah, or you know, uh, like you know, if you got your oxy over there, that kind sure. of thing, yeah. whatever you guys want to do, I don't care, okay, yeah, like 300s or less or something, yeah, all the bigger ones on the, the main flight line, yeah, that'd be great. Cool. Yeah, so yeah, we'll, we'll be working on that, and um, we're projected to have this on. June 25th. It's a Saturday of this year. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited. Oh, I have news. You have news? Yeah, I forgot to hit record. Oh, <laughs> damn. <laughs> Shit. No. Oh, man. You're on your own, man. You guys, here. You no. guys didn't fall for that at all. I figured you'd fall right for that. No, nope. <laughs> all right, all right. So, 25th is a Saturday. Now, 26 will be the rain date. Um, yeah, we'll have all our new, the new canopies will be up. Canopies will be up this weekend. But, so yeah. we'll have that ready for it. We got, uh, I'm putting up two 12 by 20 canopies and probably one more next month. So we'll have all new canopies up there. That would be nice. Yeah. And, and, and I bought new fire extinguishers today. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> I did. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. Um, all right. So. What will you be working on next? Um, let's go with Kevin. Oh, I was gonna say let's go with Mike. Oh man, I I got well, I got waiting on parts of my five hundred. Mm-hmm. And uh, yes, I'm would love to get rid of all my lines and get some goblins, but uh, the piggy bank's a little broke right now, so that's gotta wait. Yeah, no worries. Uh, working on that S box, get that back in the air. Nice. Uh, I've got a QAV two ten. Oh, you but, did. But but yeah, it looks like the hobby store threw up in a box. It's just I haven't even put two pieces together yet, man. It's just, I cut open the uh, I cut open the the packing tape and looked inside. And said, "Oh, cool," and that's about as far as I got on that. <laughs> okay. I got Yeah, I got to get going on that. And I got uh, my arrow is done. My FT arrow. Uh, oh, by, I heard you were building one. Yeah. Yeah, it's actually been built for a while, and huh? I, I I screwed up on something. The the control horn on one of them, I oversized the hole, and it's all sloppy. I got to figure out how to fix that. I went, you know, I went with all the specs, same as you could did, Kevin. But I, I just I just haven't figured out what I'm going to use for a battery yet. Yeah, things are tight on that thing. Yeah. yeah. And I well, we're going to be doing the uh, the uh, wing racing, the FPV wing racing down at the club too. So I I built a, that the arrow, and I built a um, a pop wing. Foam pop wing. Okay, nice. They're kind of cool. Really simple. You can build it in like 15 minutes. All right. What the hell is a pop wing? It's a it's a foamy wing. 
Okay. It's a like a EPO. Yeah, um, EPO or EPP. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's it's a yeah. I got it's not like nit- nitro. Was it nitro hobbies? Nit- nitro planes. Nitro planes. Yeah. Nitro planes. Yeah, it's like the, the tech tech air or tech one or whatever. Yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah. Oh, that's the, the that's the hobby king version, right? Yeah, yeah, so but that's all the same stuff. Basically, yeah. it's a uh, a Versa wing, but you know, it's just a EPP or EPO foam. Right. Right, it's a yeah. little bigger than the Versa wing, but it's the same idea exactly. Mm-hmm. I was thinking I was going to build three. I I actually built three. The arrow was the little one. The pop wing was the middle one, and I built this big giant one over here. What is this one? Oh, just giant pop wing. The the giant one's a problem though because it's overpowered, and <laughs> you pull uh, up on the elevator and you can see the thing it looks like a wet noodle. You know. Oh like really? And yeah, <laughs> I gotta I gotta either back off the throttle or put more spars in it or something. I don't yeah, spit a kraken. But you know, I have a Kraken. I so desperately wanted to build that thing. I was waiting for them to come out with a kit for that, and uh-huh. and then I just never got around. <laughs> well, when Kevin and I are gonna go to Flight Fest this year, so if you want us to pick one up for you and bring it back, so you don't have to worry about the shit. You, you know what it is? I have absolutely no use for the thing. I just it has such a high cool factor. I just gotta have. One. It's just huge. Yeah, yeah, it's dude. wig. Oh man, is that all you got? It's not lot. even close, dude. That's scratching the surface. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> not even yeah. close. I'm in. I'm halfway through a, uh, a ninety-sized uh, spacewalker airplane. Ooh, I like spacewalkers. Right? Yeah. Cool. Yeah, and um, I, oh, I well, I just finished. Um, well, I just finished the uh, the uh, Mofo Ugly. You guys saw that fly. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I, fi- I ju- you know what I was flying the other day? That I just finished was that um, Precision Aerobatics. Bandit. Oh yeah, yeah. That is a super cool plane. Yeah, nice. But, yeah, yeah, you have to good. pick it up with palms out. You know, it, it's it's like picking up a, a dry potato chip. It's so fragile, but it's awesome. Oh yeah, wow. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. It's it's so lightly. It's a balsa plane, but it's very lightly built. And it weighs nothing. It runs on a four cell twenty two hundred, and I swear the battery weighs the same as the plane. Wow. And it's a pretty good sized plane too. It's yeah, yeah. I think it's yeah. like forty inch, forty two. Yeah. I, you know, I got this thing from, you know, who, what's his name? Uh, Kike Samanzini. You know who that is? Kike Samanzini? No. He, he worked for um, Horizon for a long time designing planes. He's a kind of semi-famous, you know, 3D guy from years ago. Okay. He, desi- he designs a lot of planes. Anyway, he started his own company now. And he has this uh, gyro called Aura. And it's... Uh, Jesus, I was waiting for this thing like six months to get this thing. It was really inexpensive. And it's supposed to help these little planes fly like big planes in the weather. So, okay, you know, Kike is famous. He's a good guy. Let me get his thing. I put it in there. And it's like a nightmare to set up. It's like you got to know like Arduini or something. It's like crazy stupid to set it up. I get it set up and I I would never put I, – I don't use anything that you can't turn off, by the way. If you can't sure. turn it off, I don't want it, you know. Right. So I'm flying the yeah. plane like I'm on like the second or third pack. All right, let's see what this thing can do. I turn it on and the, the plane just totally went nuts. <laughs> oh man. It was like there was a gremlin in there grabbing the stick. Oh Jesus. So I gotta figure out how to make that thing work. Huh. Oh god. I, <laughs> don't ever ask me what I'm in the middle of because it's you know what'll happen is I'll be in the middle of something. Oh shit, I gotta order something, or oh damn, this is not right. I gotta get more mm-hmm. of this. And then I'll go on to the next shiny thing dangling in front of my face. And I won't get back to that other thing for six or eight weeks. Wait, yeah, that's yeah. me, right? That's everybody? That's everyone. We all, yeah. we all get squirrel moments. Uh, I got the drain bramage thing. I, I can't help it. I don't know. 
Yeah. <laughs> uh. That's what. That's why my racer took so long to get. Yeah. Actually, in the air. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. I, I have a little mini P fifty one that's all done up too. I gotta throw servos in that and maybe try and fly that one of these days. You still you got know, it's like it's like eight eight hundred millimeter size. Right. Really. Yeah, I, I took a, a cockpit from a real one, and what else did I take from the actual? Oh, um, and decals. So I covered it with with uh, brushed chrome packing tape, like yeah. from Tape Brothers. And it's not really packing tape, but it's just like brushed chrome tape. Yeah. And uh, then I did blue packing tape on the nose and cut it all out, and then I did the decals, and it really came out really nice. The blue you can see through and see like the silver, the the brushed chrome underneath. Wait, this um, is the and with the here? canopy, it, no, 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 this no. is um, a P fifty one, little tiny P fifty one that I built. It's the second one. Um, the Corsair is the had. one you've been working on a, a bit, right? Yeah. Yep. Are we going to see that this year? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I hope. <laughs> Maybe in August. <laughs> what about my cargo plane? <laughs> and your cargo plane, I have to just give to you. Yeah. Please. At this point, right? I just got to give it to you. Um. I came back from Flight Fest last year, Mike, um, and I bought a cargo plane, and I was the full-size one. Yeah, the full-size. And I said, oh, I'll cut you guys out planes, because I'm always cutting stuff out, and I like cutting cutting stuff. I didn't realize this thing was six sheets of foam apiece. Oh, some man. Parts, <laughs> yeah, some parts are 18. So I'm cutting one out for me, one out for Steve, one out for Jeff. And, like, some parts, there are, like, 18 parts just to one plane, so I'm cutting uh, you know, eighteen times eighteen times three. That's the last time you volunteer uh, for that, huh? <laughs> yeah, that's why I said I have a kraken, but I wasn't gonna say, "Oh, I'll cut you out a kraken." Well, kraken is gonna be easy. That's just like a huge burst away, <laughs> right? Like, yeah, but that's like ten sheets of foam, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's something like eight, but I think it's like half a wing is four, just because it folds over like this huge wing, you know. It's do you guys a, ever use yeah. the speed build kits, or you do everything from the plans yourself? Well, Kevin buys them and then he traces, uses it as a template. Oh, so okay, so you get the kit and then copy it. Yeah, basically, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I built one. I, I bought a couple, the Versa Wing and the uh, Vegan. That Vegan just it went through a tree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that old field that that didn't last too long. I couldn't. This is all white. I couldn't see it. I couldn't tell what orientation I was in, upside down or not. Well, that one you got now flies well, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's the yeah. That's what what third? What size EDF? What size is that? Seventy millimeter. That's seventy. Mm-hmm. Because it, 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 it sounds like it's if you listen to it, you think, oh my god, that thing is going so fast, and then you turn around and go, well, it's like going that fast. Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, it flies really well, but it sounds like a vacuum cleaner. Because <laughs> I have a twelve-bladed EDF in there. That's why. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. When I had the five-bladed, it was more, like, hollow-sounding, I guess. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I should bring mine out. We should bring ours to the field the same day. and uh... Fly them together. That'd be cool, doing a pass after one after another. You hear the difference? Yeah. yeah. Those 12-bladed those ones, they spool up a little faster than the than the others, or what? You know, you know how there's a lag in power on those EDFs? Is it, is it more or less with the with the, with the I would say there's a little bit more. More lag? Yeah, just a tad more, I think. I don't know if you can really tell because that thing is so light. Yeah. Uh, like I, if I if I hit the throttle, I mean, there's no. It's I, it's the same as a prop plane at that point, where being as light as it is, I would think. Yeah. I mean, I feel it like when I'm doing the uh, when I try to harrier it, and I'm like 
pulsing with the throttle, yeah, I feel a little lag. You know, I got to kind of hold the throttle open a little bit longer. Um, but yeah, I mean, we should bring them out, do a comparison, but they're pretty much the same. Mike, we we used to fly at this old golf course, and there was a road right. We used to back up right to this road, and there was a fence between us and the road. And so we would fly there like every Sunday. And I brought the Vig in there one Sunday, and this dad stopped with his kids, I think, and they were sitting. They were they came around and they were looking at the planes and stuff. And I threw the Vigan up in the air, and the kids were kind of like all around our stuff. And the dad had a couple more kids on the rocks behind us. I brought that Vigan in for a low pass, and I gave it full throttle, and it just like shot by. And I heard the father go, "Okay, kids, that's it. Let's get out of here." <laughs> Scared him off. I was like, oh man, yeah, because that thing that thing boogies pretty good, man. Yeah, mine doesn't. I'm upset. I wanna I wanna throw a five cylinder. Or six. Running that on a four cell now? Yeah, it's on a four. I, I I'm gonna take a look at the the EDF I bought and see if it can handle six. Because if it can, I I'll throw a twenty two hundred six cell, or whatever I have. Yeah. Yeah. Careful, careful! You let the magic smoke out. Yeah. I told Kevin to do it. So and and his uh, mini vegan <laughs> went and from three to four, right? Yeah, it's it's cool. I got the giant size uh, ABC extinguishers today. It's fine. You can bring whatever nice. you want. That's right. <laughs> but um, yeah, cool. So Kevin, what are you gonna be working on? Um, I'm still working on my little special project for Flight Fest and uh, the 47 inch version. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that that's actually coming out really nice. It's cool because I'm looking at this as not only a template and how I'm going to do some of the, the, the large size, I'm going to double it. I'm going to do a 94 inch version for flight fest. And it's cool because as I'm building the smaller one, I'm in my head, I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to do the larger one and make it modular and what parts I'm going to have to take off and stuff like that. So it's really, it's really cool. Um, I can't wait to, I'll probably have that at the field, Mike, not too long. Yeehaw. And, uh, not the big one, the little one. <laughs> you guys going to come to the Check limbo ones? We're going to have the limbo fun fly on Saturday. You guys can make that. This Saturday? Yeah, yeah, I'll probably be there this Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's supposed to be real windy, so a limbo ought to be a pisser. There <laughs> you go. Nice. It's only air. It's only air. Yeah, it's only air. Yeah. <laughs> and I think I'm ordering a 3D printer this week. Nice. On Monday coming up. Awesome. Steve, Steve, yeah. Kevin, have I told you lately how much I love you? <laughs> I got a growing list now that I've said that. I got yeah. this, this is dangerous. I have your email. I'm going to send you files now. Hey man, can you make me like 25 of these? <laughs> 25 of these. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so what about you, man? Yeah, I I'm having a lot of squirrel moments with that Goblin 380. Um I think I've said it, and this is going to be the third episode where I'm like, yeah, I'm going to be, you know, I'm tearing it down. I, I'm working on it. Yeah, I basically took the blades off. <laughs> that's, that's as far as I got <laughs> tear down. It's like the blades off, and I took the icon off, so, you know, <laughs> I could uh, get rid of that. So, But, yeah, um, I got to order some parts for it uh, and get that going. Um, I'm kind of missing, like, I miss flying that now, you know, especially seeing you last week just killing it with yours. And I'm just like, oh, man, I need mine back. <laughs> flying so um yeah i'll probably try to work on that i mean it's still gonna be an ongoing thing just because uh, i need a neo for it and I'm, i want to switch out to a hobby wing 100 uh low voltage esc for that so i, I got a lot of things to buy probably another two three hundred dollars well including neo okay seven hundred dollar worth of stuff i need to <laughs> buy for Ouch. That. yeah so yeah, yeah. 
I, now I, I do understand now why guys only have like four helicopters in their fleet and they stay at that. Yeah. Because <laughs> they don't want to buy another Neo. Yeah. They don't want to buy another Flybrellist unit. But um, uh, I got I got to fix that uh, Kevin Matusek's mini right in. I'm going to just glue the uh, that fuselage tube back together and just kind of do that. I want to build the, uh, the dart and have that ready for... I mean, shoot, if I could get it ready for the limbo, that'd be probably an awesome plane to to fly. Oh, yeah. Um, the, the tail on the Bushwhacker got broken, so I need to replace that. It, it's a funny story because how many times did I crash that plane at NEF into other planes or planes into me? You know, it came home fine. I, I have it on one of those, like, you know, PVC plane racks that you build, like, DIY and it's next to my printer and you know I guess someone needed to copy something and they raised the printer cover the bed cover and I'm like why is my elevator one's full up and one is level one side's full up one side's level yeah something's broken there so I'm just gonna cut the tail off and cut a new one out and, and fix that um, the mini guinea Got really trashed up at NEF, but after further look into it, I just need to build a tail and a wing for it, and the rest of the fuselage is fine. So isn't that new? Didn't you just build that? Yeah, yeah, I crashed like crazy at NEF. <laughs> That's yeah. what it's made for, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, so it's not too bad. I should be able to get that fixed in one night. Um, cool. Yeah, and then I, I, you know, you got me. You showed me all these pictures of your project for fly fest and i'm looking at you know oh man you know i really want to build something like that and i think last podcast last episode i mentioned something like a dual edf or some kind of pattern plane but i don't know man you're making me really think about building like a world war one plane so that way we could have like oh way to spill the beans dude oh yeah sorry well you don't there's only like three world war one planes is there no. Oh. Well, you you know, because I like the German planes, right? I like the, uh, <laughs> because of the name, the Eindeckers, the Fockers, you know? Like, I like those planes. So I'm maybe thinking of. Because of the name, dude? Oh, I know the way they look. You're such a poser. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, I, I don't know. I like those planes. I like those old, you know, no, I hear you. German That's planes. Why I'm building. That's why I'm building one. So. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm with you, Steve. Them. Those those old planes are awesome, man. Yeah, and they and they fly nice too. You know, and that, you know, and and they're kind of easy to, uh, you know, they're kind of boxy, and you know, mm-hmm. it's probably easier to to build out of yeah, foam. The fuselage is really easy. Yeah, right. and the yeah. turtle deck I'm doing in foam, so that's that's taking me some time to get that right. And I'm yeah. I'm kind of doing it on a little one on the big one for sure. I want to get it right. The big one for sure. Yeah. You know what's cool is. On especially the rear turtle deck between the pilot and the rudder, if you look on the old, you know the old pictures and the way they used to build that, it was almost like a balsa kit where they would run the rails down and then they would cover it, yeah. and you could see the rails, you could like see the spine of it. Yeah, then they used to use canvas. Yeah, and so if you yeah. if you if you work out the folds correctly, um, oh, I see what the you Dollar mean. Tree foam, yeah, it comes out to looking exactly the same. Oh, awesome. Okay, let's not give too much away. I mean, I already gave enough detail just in the era, but. Don't you uh, – you sent me a picture today of a box that you got. You want to mention that or no? 
No, not yet. No? Okay. Maybe as as we get closer. Okay. All right, cool. Because, I don't know, I don't want to, like, be a douche about it either, you know? No, no. Like, I don't, I don't know if anybody else is getting the opportunity I'm getting. I'm sure. I'm, I think they said a few people, but. I see. Oh, I know what you're talking about, yeah. Okay. No, no we, we can talk about it later on in uh, the next coming episodes before uh, Flight Fest, for sure. Yeah. All right. Oh, you know what? I forgot about uh, Steve. I took your recommendation and I I, I ordered the uh, Tariq Oxy. Oh, you did? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And it turns out it's a pre-order. I didn't even realize. Uh, yeah. Really? Yeah. Where you you're getting it from? Heli uh, Heli Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I got got everything from them except the motor. They didn't have the motor, so I got that right from Links. Oh, okay. Yeah. Links is pretty quick. I, you know, I know Kevin orders a lot from Links directly. So, oh, yeah, dude, I got the like the tracking number in an hour. Oh, and wow. they're saying like three days, and they're what? They're in Italy, aren't they? No, uh, I think they're Vietnam, right? Vietnam, yeah. Oh, I thought that was an Italian company. No, no. What am I thinking? Well, I well, the owner, I think the the founder, or the the main guy is uh, Italian. Oh, is there? Okay, I don't know. I'm confused. So Steve <laughs> has a Tariq. Mm-hmm. Anthony has a Tariq. Mm-hmm. Mike has a Tariq. Mm-hmm. Kevin has a Sport. And I bet you you're gonna. Well, you know, Steve's the one that talked me into this because I was gonna, I was gonna get the stretch, and and I said, yeah, it's out of stock. I gotta wait. And he's like, nah, get the Tariq. Uh, okay. <laughs> I'm like, don't don't twist my arm anymore. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I was. I said this. I was like, yeah. Why don't you just get the Tariq? And he's like, oh, I don't know. I mean, I'm like. But what you know, it's just a fully upgraded oxy stretch. <laughs> I gotta be honest, that's the one I wanted. I, I talked myself out of it because I always overbuy things. And okay. Not nudging me, it didn't take much. <laughs> and then, and then I think right you're, like, you're like, oh, what about the price of the parts? I'm like, oh, all the other parts fit for it. They're all the same yeah. thing. <laughs> so yeah. you're like, all right, I'm done. I'm buying it. <laughs> he sold me. He sold yeah. me. You know, I don't know if you guys want to do this real quick if you got uh, like a news thing, but I, I was on the phone with AMA for a while before we took this, this podcast call. I can give you a little lowdown on that. Sure. Yeah, sure. Uh, so I'm talking to Eric Williams. I mentioned it before. He's the District 2, which is our district, which is, I think, Maine to – what is it? Maine to Maryland? and And he has Europe, too. Which I never understood what that meant, and he explained it to me today. I'm like, man, you, you, Europe—that's that's a lot of—that's a lot of real estate. Europe, you have, you know. It turns out that that well, that is is U.S. U.S. territory in Europe, like uh, air, um, like uh, Air Force bases, um, uh, military military bases, basically, you know. And right. I guess I guess some of those places have RC clubs. Oh wow! So that's what that means by Europe. Yeah, I just assumed when they said Europe, that was like. Wow, you know, but wow, no. That's a pretty big, yeah. Yeah, you know, <laughs> so he says, yeah, there's not that much going on over there. But anyway, um, what, he, what he was talking to me about was, I guess you guys got my email um, today about the uh, FAA stuff. Yeah. Okay. And you have no idea how hard it was for me to click send on that because I, I, I find this whole thing just offensive. But mm-hmm. I, I don't have a lot of choices here. I don't have really – the problem we have with our club is – uh, it's, you know, we don't own the land, you know, we're there by permit. And sure. the, although the town that owns the land did not require this, they're aware of it. So we had to kind of do this. So we had to require um, our members have an FAA number. 
Mm-hmm. Anyway, right. um, so Eric and I were talking about this for a while. And, uh, and so the FAA's take on this, just FYI for anybody who's on their own or in a club or, or anybody who runs a club, uh, they, they're going to leave it up to us. They, he said, look, you know, each club has their own situation. It's their decision mm-hmm. to make. Each individual has their own decision to make. So the AMA is just basically giving us information, but they're not, they're not enforcing anything. They're not requiring anything. And this is important. It, it does not affect the insurance. So if you're a club, if you're in a club somewhere that doesn't give two hoots about FAA, don't worry about it. You're okay. It's, it's an individual decision. But also the other thing he talked to me about was about how much time and effort and money the AMA was willing to fight this because some people were grumbling that they didn't they kind of gave up too easy on this they didn't fight harder and he says that the estimates were in the millions of dollars to fight this legally between the legal fees and they had to prioritize with other things because they've got other issues that they have to fight for us and it's not that they gave up easy they just they just said look you know you know we have you know, we have other things we got to worry about, too. It's not just this one thing. So it's unfortunate we have to do this in our club, but uh, every club's a little different. So, Yeah, that was what prompted both of us to, to do it, was that the club was requiring it. Thanks, Mike. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm certain some of the guys that, that some of the numbers that we got sent in for the club are in bogus numbers. <laughs> We're not checking them, though. Yeah. Wait, I just that that wasn't me. That was somebody else in the room that said that. I didn't say that. <laughs> that was your talk. I think the issue for me was that we weren't hearing that much about what was going on. You know what the AMA was doing. I think the communications could have been better. Um. Well, they would send out emails. But. Yeah, but the emails were still kind of like, oh, we're trying what we can, but yeah. I don't know. But the yeah. email, the, the couple of emails that I remember seeing and actually reading had to deal with full size aircraft. It was just, I don't know why I was getting that from the AMA. And there was like a little blurb in there about our, you know, RC stuff, but it mainly pertained to full size aircraft and commercial aircraft. Hmm. Well, you guys know about this oh, whole new thing, right? What's that? The whole new Senate bill. And oh, that, like, oh, yeah, you have yeah, to yeah. get a pilot's, like, you have to take a test. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I wouldn't get, yeah. I wouldn't lose any sleep over that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, that's so insane. You can't. I'm a private pilot. You can't imagine what that means to, for anybody. That's just so ridiculous. Yeah. All right. On that note, uh, Kevin. Yeah, man. Want to do the wrap up? Yeah, sure. See you next time. Because there's really no news. <laughs> <laughs> oh, All right. USA. Yeah. Um, USA. We really don't have anything. Any new listeners in uh, in new states that I saw, and I checked the world. And uh, there was no new listeners, except I saw one that I was like, oh, did we mention this? And there was a lot. And I was like, yeah, we probably did. Jeez, after, after this one, it might go down. <laughs> you can't take them away. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> once they're on the map, you can't take them down. It was Finland, but I think we mentioned Finland. I think so. Well, thanks for all our existing listeners in the U.S. and all over the world. Um, we have a little more Facebook lights this week, a couple more. Um, Facebook is being all stupid right now, and I can't look them up. I know one of them was, uh, I don't know if I'm saying this right. It's Timka or Timkra, T-M-K-R-A, or is it T-M-K-A-R-C? Um, I've dealt with him. I think his name is Mark from, and he has a, an online shop, and he's also, um, 
on the Facebook forums and very active. Um, yeah, you seem like he, a hobby his store. Shops in, yeah, his store, I believe, is in Texas because I've I've ordered you know a couple icons oh, yeah, that, yeah. Uh, from him. Yeah, that was from him. Well, then he gave you the hook you up with the hat. Yeah, the icon. Yeah. So yeah, thanks, I should have got a T-shirt that said "My friend Steve got two icons," and all I got was this crappy T-shirt. <laughs> or a crappy hat. <laughs> no, but I got a hat. No, I love the hat. The hat's awesome. Uh, yeah, that's cool. Um, I'm not sure who the rest were. So sorry we uh, missed your shout out. Well, if, hopefully, if I can get those likes on Facebook, we'll just do it on the next episode. I don't think, I think it's kind of been slow on the social side as far as the Podbeam or iTunes reviews. Well, you know, because all our hip, cool listeners are on spring break. They're all like down in Mexico or something. All right. So drop us an iTunes review and we'll read the review on the next episode, good or bad. We want to hear from you. Uh, if you want to email us, you can email us at freefallrc at gmail.com. Our Facebook page is facebook.com slash podcast. Don't forget to check out our website, freefallrcpodcast.com. Ooh, that's a mouthful. Um, we have our flight test forums, too. It's on the off-the-field audio-video production, other than flight test podcast, and we're sitting there next to uh, the FT Community Cast. Which I wanted to mention, Flight Test Community Cast is having their second uh, community build night. And uh, just go over to the Flight Test Forums and and uh, you can figure out what to do from there. I I might try this. I'm not sure. I don't even know what night it winds up being. Yeah, um, depending on the night. I, I might try to jump on too just to show support. I'm not sure what they're building. I mean, is it something that they build together? Like, okay, let's all build FT Arrows? Or is it like, you know, I could build... I could be fixing my guinea pig while they're building something else. Oh, I'm sure you could be working on whatever you want. Yeah. Okay. Um, but I think that's their plan is to build the same plane. All right. Well, I'm not sure how it works. I'm sure being the second one, they're still working the kinks out. But sure. uh, yeah, check it out if you're interested or have questions on what to do. I'm sure they'll answer your questions right on spot. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Mike, Joel. Yeah. All the guys. All right. So uh, we still have some stickers if you want couple stickers just send email us your address or messages on facebook um and we'll get that out to you um all right i think that's it so no yes i'm not doing that sorry cut that cut edit seriously kevin you need to edit this <laughs> all right yeah, Thanks, all the everybody. parts all the parts where i was talking get <laughs> <laughs> edit, edit those out. Edit out. <laughs> That's the edit points. Whenever Mike comes in, edit. <laughs> <laughs> It'll just be me and Steve going, uh-huh, uh huh. Okay. Uh huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh man. All right. So uh, thanks for all our listeners. Thanks for the support. Uh, we'll see you next time. See you guys. Damn, Mike, say bye. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> all right. See you guys. Thanks again. Cool. All right. I thank I thank no one. What did you, what did you say? I thank no one. I